0: Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one man.
1: Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We're back in the same room. I'm done with plumbing school in Indianapolis. And we're here to talk magic. Matt, how you doing today?
0: Oh, not too bad. Uh, We got Thanksgiving holiday coming up. So I got the next four days off. So looking forward to that. Uh, Since... uh, I was just actually just telling Jake before we hit record, the uh, the past eight years Thanksgiving t- through Christmas have sucked for me working for FedEx.
1: Past four years for me,
0: and uh, this is like the first time in, a, in almost a decade since I've been able to like look forward to the winter
1: holiday. So no, a lot closer to six for me because I did in the office. It's yeah, still you. It's not as bad. Yeah, yeah, but it's still so it's, you're still working for it's FedEx. Still, it's still hell. Yeah, so um,
0: I don't like. I don't really care about the holiday itself. Like Thanksgiving's cool. Like it's nice to have a break. They could call it whatever they want and it could be celebrating whatever we need to celebrate in mm-hmm. order for like people to get a break. I don't really have a strong feeling about the holiday itself or anything, but it's going to be nice to have 4 days off of work. Yeah. We have, um, we have
1: a 4-day weekend coming yeah. up because our company is very generously offering the day before and the well, so this would be it's the sorry, Thursday and Friday the day of and the day after yeah. for so, family time
0: i mean not having to work black friday i can't mm-hmm. remember the last time i didn't work black friday
1: it's at fedex like thanksgiving is the initiation of christmas peak and it's the initiation of hell yeah every year it's you like i look forward to seeing my my parents on thanksgiving but you dread thanksgiving all year long mhm and now it's a double weekend. Yeah. Now it's – you. well, I mean, the, the
0: way it used to work, we would – not only would we be busy, at least for uh, – on the delivery side of things, we all work – go up to six days a week. So, like, from Thanksgiving, we'd get Thanksgiving day off and Christmas day off and one day off a week in between. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes we wouldn't even get that. There were the past yeah. couple years, I ended up working seven days a week.
1: Yep. Several weeks out so you'd of have those – It was minimum sixes. Minimum six. And sometimes sevens, just to keep up with Christmas.
0: So I'm going to get more days off this weekend than I probably got last peak.
1: The whole month. The whole
0: month. (laughs) So uh, excited about that. Um, In gaming news, I've been grinding away on Final Fantasy XI. I am almost that. So for any of our listeners who've been listening for a while, I was working on that sword way back in the uh, day for Red Mage. I am almost done. It's like rank So you can rank it up 25 times. I'm on like rank 22 or 23. So I've just been making as much money as I can and just throwing it immediately into that. Uh, I started tweaking around my gear. Holy crap. So like the last time, like when I was working on it, I hadn't finished it. So I hadn't really messed around with it. Cause a lot of this stuff, like it's a, it's a, like a slow gain kind of thing. So every rank, it gets gradually better and better. Mm Well, I, uh, I got it up to the point where I was like you know what I'm going to give this a shot and I tweaked some like using that sword you then need to change weapon skills so I put together a different gear set for the weapon skill I'm going to be using and my red mage just went like off the fucking chain so like so
1: you'd been kind of stockpiling in the background and then you were like ah fuck it I'll try it yeah I'll finally like get it together because like you had to hit a critical mass of like stuff yeah
0: like the sword has to be up to a certain point yep. before it's better than what I was using beforehand. And it's and just obnoxious. It's really good. <laughs> oh, cool. That's <laughs> so awesome. It's still not as good as it can be. And it's still like I still don't have everything I need. Yeah. But like holy like I used it and I was like, oh, ooh. <laughs> like I got really excited because I was like like one shotting enemies in the yep. zone and stuff like that. And
1: there is something comparable in Dark Souls where once in a while you'll see a noticeable increase. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, Fuck yeah. yeah
0: i just become like it, yep. it, it kind of like so, so what happens every time i play this is like i dip my toe back in mm-hmm. and i start messing around and it has to hook me mm-hmm. if it doesn't hook me then i'll probably you know just kind of you know do whatever yeah and that when i put that gear together and like went in to do this event uh it's called omen which isn't horribly it's not like terribly difficult difficult content but it's like higher level content
1: is Ashley doing this with you, or is it still solo? Uh, that's you? still
0: me solo. Okay. Uh, Ashley, she's uh, working. I think we've got her up to sixty. Sixty. She's doing her limit breaks. So I've mentioned this to you, but I don't know if I, we talked about it last week. Every five levels, you got to do a quest. You only had to do it once on your character, and it works for every class. Oh, okay. But like, because that's one of the great things about Final Fantasy Eleven. You most people have one character, uh-huh. and that character can change classes and you basically- play any
1: class. It's kind of like respecking. It's very easy to, to yeah. change your important attributes or yes.
0: so like it's the Final Fantasy job system. So you've got like white mage, black mage, thief, warrior, uh, red mage, that yep. kind of stuff. And you can just you go to your Mog house, which is your player housing, and you just hit change job and boom, you're on that job. It retains all of its levels and That's everything. Cool. So like <clears throat> it's very easy. The game's actually in end game designed to be you're supposed to play more than one class. So, like, a good example of this would be the uh, Ambuscade, which just what it's called. Final Fantasy XI has a tons of different weird names. Um, the event this week or this month is really easy for my monk to do because uh-huh. the enemy, like, uh, at like, I think it's 86%, 67%, and, like, 36% does a move that wipes all of your buffs. So not only do you need to, like, work around that, but, like, With monk in particular, my monk just does a bunch of what's called white damage. So like when you auto attack, monks have just, they just punch, right? So they have weapon skills and job abilities. But in the meantime, they're still just punching you. Uh Well, monks have incredibly good white damage. That's just their auto attack. Okay. So like I don't need to have a ton of buffs in order to be effective. And so I just work my, I just use the buffs I do get.
1: Your class is already an advantage where like the, the whole premise of this is like,
0: do this without buffs basically without
1: buffs and that's you normally so close
0: yeah and so i went like the funny thing was so i got my red mage and i was like oh my god i should be able to kick the crap out of this like uh ambuscade boss because like my red mage is like doing a ton of damage and i kind of spaced the fact that it wipes all your buffs well red mage one of the things it does is it it casts all those buffs it's like one of the classes classes that buffs everybody well like it's Power is based on having all those buffs. Yeah. <laughs> so I went in there and, like, like I, not only did I not have a tank, because on my monk I normally tank it, yep. so, like, it was running around, like, attacking everybody. It was just chaos. It was five minutes of chaos. Yeah. And then, so I, like, finally got aggro, did enough damage to just keep it off my healer, and then it wiped all my buffs. Well, it takes, like, two minutes maybe. No, oh, I shouldn't say that long. But, like, I've got, like, six or seven spells I need to cast. And you normally
1: do this before the fight. Yeah. CPMs aren't high enough, huh? <laughs> no.
0: So it like wiped all my buffs and, I'm, and I basically just warped out of there. I was like, well, yep. this isn't happening. Yep. I'm not going to wait around for it to kill me. So
1: just this back fight to is my home Im- point. Immediately lost.
0: Yep. So I was like, "Yep." Yeah. And that's a good example of why one of the reasons why I like this game is like it really incentivizes you to play multiple classes. So there's effectively like, I don't want to say infinite content, but more content than most people can do, because not only do you have a bunch of events and whatnot, you have like you have to approach them differently based on your like group composition and they're not like on the fights aren't on rails like they are in like world of warcraft and whatnot where like you have to do this mechanic at this point and all that kind of crap so there's like 22 21 classes and they're all decent Mm -hmm. there's obviously classes that are better than others just generically but like i said red mage is a fantastic class and is in that particular instance pretty bad pretty dog shit where the funny thing is is Red Mage is actually pretty well known for being good at soloing because it can it's got a bunch of defensive stuff. It mm-hmm. can heal itself, it can buff itself. With your sub job, you can use uh uh blink effects. So like when you get attacked, it just takes a shadow away instead of attacking you. Yeah. It can do that. Like so it's very defensive, very good at soloing, unless the enemy yep. just wipes all your buffs with one move that you can't avoid. <laughs> In which
1: case it's like, oh
0: cool. Well I just I suck now.
1: Yep. It's, 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 the whole point of my character is gone. Right. So it's like, well, I guess you'll just play another class. So I've been playing a lot of that. So I'm planning on getting... Glad you've been enjoying it. Getting that sword finished up. Um, one of the one of these days I'll log back on a Satisfactory and we'll have like a million tickets. Yeah. Because it's been running. That server, man. It's still going. Yep. I've been...
0: Uh, they pushed out... A new update? Yeah, they pushed out a new update for Satisfactory. It's got a... I forget what they call them, blueprints. So you can, I, f- I think they're like eight by eight by four. And you you use a file and you save the blueprint. And like, so you go, I want to place this blueprint. And what the blueprint is, it's a like a design. Oh. So you've got like these two factories with these belts and this like uh, splitter here. And it goes to here. And, like, so, like, and then you, you can were, just keep replacing the same pattern. If you
1: were to find the way that you like to build like an assembly line for something, you could just like copy and paste it. Yep. That's cool
0: yeah so what the the great thing on uh reddit has been like how can we use because the the blueprints are pretty small because they actually said hey we don't want the game to just be a matter of blueprints Uh but like having small ones is you know that'll give you guys some utility without having without just taking over the game so people are like well how can i get the the most so there's a lot of clipping for anybody who hasn't played you can like clip through a lot of stuff so you can like play stuff inside of stuff and like Ed, cut corners and edges and all yeah. kinds of crap right so people crammed like a couple dozen like assemblers in this like eight meter by eight meter by four meter block <laughs> okay that's a little and extreme. it's just basically a giant cube but it, it all works so you'd have like one input and it would process it all and go oh from my like gosh and then
1: spit it out <laughs> So like I kind of want to find one of these now because that's the internet. Yeah, (laughs) well, it's all about min maxing. Yep, it's all about min maxing. So that's hilarious. There's
0: been a a bunch of stuff on the uh, satisfactory Reddit, a bunch of posts about stuff like that.
1: I've been pretty balls deep into Modern Warfare Two. They just came out with a new update with like adding Warzone and the DMZ, and I haven't touched any of that yet. Me and my friends are still just playing multiplayer, Mm -hmm. and I've just like been really enjoying playing call of duty like it's 2012 again yep call of duty
0: with a first person shooter with friends is a lot of fun
1: yeah and that's i've been like i've even been playing quite a bit alone so i complained about the way that you unlock attachments mm-hmm. and i don't like it but it's okay it's whatever i guess now that you kind of gotten used to it yeah it's the guns i like have enough and it's fine i'm not trying to min max the gun so i'm not like chasing down specific things um but so I've never chased like skins, right? And, you know, you, you get different camos, yep. different skins, and uh, there's there's gold and there's platinum and there's like two different other ones. And so the the gold looks awful. Gold in Modern Warfare Two is fucking disgusting. It's the worst skin there is. But I noticed that the platinum skin looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And I have a gun that I really like using. And I was like, I'll just for fun, I'll chase skins, and I will try and get this to platinum. Well, to get platinum, you have to get eight. Well, there's eight ARs. There's actually nine now, but there's effectively eight. Mm-hmm. To get access to earn a platinum skin for an AR, you have to have eight gold AR skins. It's a gold wall. Makes all. sense. So I got my first one gold, and I was like, well, fuck it, I'll work on the next one. And then, So now I have three gold AR, and I'm halfway to the fourth gold. And that's been my kind of like, just kind of chugging through grinding. It gives grinding. you a reason to play. It gives me a reason to play. And I mean, it makes sense now how people play Call of Duty more than I used to because I'd play for like four matches and then be done. Now, no match, almost no match, is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Because even if I went into, you know, we got our ass kicked I didn't have any fun, well, I got two more behind the back kills and I only need 12 more after that. And I got two done and I, just, if I can just get two or three a match. That's just a, that's just a numbers game. So you got to play enough matches. Mm hmm. As long as I can get, if I can just get one or two mounted kills, then this match, you know, or, like, I'll be running around and be like, oh, now i get a double kill, and I'm like, oh, fucking sweet, I only need two more double kills. Like, this match wasn't a waste of time.
0: That's how they get you.
1: Yep, that's how it's hooked me, and so I've been playing quite a bit, and I've, on top of, you know, once in a while, like, all the guys will get on, and we'll have um, between three and six people, and we'll run like, last night, we ran a full squad until, like, 11 Mm o'clock, and I was like, geez, guys, I gotta get off, I gotta work in the, we gotta, I mean, we gotta go to work in the morning, I gotta go early. But yeah, we we played for like three hours. Don't Sarah wasn't happy. We played for like three hours. Sarah's legitimately not happy with how much COD I'm playing. Yeah, shut well, it over, Sarah. Sarah doesn't listen to these, so I can talk about her in a in a in a very real way. I love my wife very much. I'm gonna much.
0: text her. Hey, you should check out this week's episode,
1: Sarah. I don't think realizes how much of my time I have always dedicated to her or being around her. And realistically, yeah. She doesn't unfortunately value the time as much. Like when we sit on the couch together every night, we spend all night every night. I don't go to my computer room. I'm on the couch. We'll watch T V we'll watch a we watch maybe a movie once in a while, but she doesn't value that time very highly. She doesn't consider it like really bonding time. There's not much of an alternative for us in those opportunities. Um, but she never she always used to complain about how like that's not really to her, and it's like it didn't count. And now that I'm doing something else, she's oh, way. Weighing... It definitely counts. Oh, now it counts. <laughs> yep. It definitely counted. Like, it's a lot more. You should never ignore your wife. You shouldn't just ignore your wife. And I, I don't say never. I don't ignore my wife. I don't. Yeah. But like, now I have a thing I do with friends quite often, a couple of nights a week. I hop on and play Call of Duty for a few hours. And that's a very. That's kind of a new thing to her. Like I still do, I still do some extracurriculars. Like I still have on Mondays, I have Pioneer on Tuesdays, I have with you. So I'm not necessarily home every every night for sure, but like a few more nights a week now, I kind of do stuff. And she's not happy about it, but like I don't think she realizes how kind of normal that is. Like most guys hang out with their friends most nights in some way. They go to the bar or they get online and play video games, and that's becoming me now a little bit. And she's not enjoying I'm
0: it. Fan. Well, if you're looking for something to watch check out the peripher- peripheral. It's on Amazon Prime.
1: I'm good. Don't. No, I don't. It's good. I don't like watching television.
0: Well, you guys just said you watch stuff, so we if watch, you guys are
1: looking. We watch YouTube because it's I like, like I don't like scripted television.
0: It's really cool. Like it's this like pseudo cyberpunk thing. It's I like it's. It, there's two different timelines. That's all I'll say. And one of them is like the only thing I can think of describe it to describe it as like hillbilly punk. Like, it's the future, but it takes place in rural Tennessee.
1: <laughs> oh, so it's, like, future geeks? Yeah,
0: it's really cool. So, like, it's this weird juxtaposition between this, like, small town, and then they have, like, they're, like, 3D printing medicine. That's kind of cool. And, like, I'd go- say- and they have, like, because it's, it's kind of like Sword Art Online. Uh-huh. So, like, there's a game that they play. Yeah. And this girl, this woman is good at the game, but then she gets this new headset that it becomes, like, actual real. So, like... Yeah. Her mind's actually in it. And I don't want to go into any more spoilers than that. But, like, the premise is cool. And it was a really interesting take on Cyberpunk.
1: You know, what has been a fun show to watch recently is Jacksepticeye is playing through God of War Ragnarok. And that's been a fun show. That's been a fun story to watch. I've been very much enjoying that story. They did a good job writing that so far. But, yeah, I've I've kind of developed a new hobby. And she's not necessarily in love with it. What I've told her is, like, I mean, like, like she gets dibs on any time. Now it, it, there could be an extreme and a limit where it's like not enough. But like, if she came to me any night and was like, "Hey, this night I want to do this. We'll do that. That's fine, sure." But we don't. She never does. She just sits there quietly with no input on anything. And it's like, well, I'm gonna do things then. Yeah. <laughs> I have the opportunity to do things, and in lack, in lieu of you providing something you want to do, I'm gonna do something, and I do. It's whatever. It's, it'll get a lot easier now that uh, I'll wrap up our conversation, our 20-minute conversation with this. Like I said before, I'm done with my school in Indianapolis. I'm done driving three hours a day to work there and back. Sort it's of. It's It'll be done in like 30 minutes. It's a 30-minute drive in, 30-minute drive home versus a 90-minute drive in, 90-minute drive home. So my days in my are two hours longer every single day. I work 10 hours less a week. That will make things a lot better. Just even if I do play Call of Duty for a few hours, just being home Mm. an extra two hours a day will will matter a lot. So uh, I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited to be done with this part of school. I'm still not a plumber. I still have I haven't even started like plumbing school. There's like a four year academy I have to go to, and that'll start in August. But I'm kind of I'm basically a a plumber's apprentice now. I'm working with my company, and I'm ready to start going out every day and like working underneath someone. To learn how to plumb in the real world a little more.
0: But they have taught you how to read a tape measure. so you're I do good to go. know
1: how to read a tape measure. I do know how to change like PVC and I, I can cut copper. Um, I do know how to glue some things and how to loosen up water lines.
0: There you go. That's everything so, you need to know. That's basically it. What else is there? It's plumbing. It's not like it's hard like HVAC.
1: You mean H slack? Jeez <laughs> Louise, those guys.
0: Oh, it's funny because like, so I'm not in any of these, like, there's no competition with me. There's HVAC guys, there's excavator guys, there's plumbing guys. Yeah, and I'm not in a part of any of it. They all talk shit about each other. Uh uh-huh.
1: Oh yeah, we all throw <laughs> shade. Everyone
0: thinks everyone else's job is
1: super easy. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty funny.
0: Except they're all wrong because I have the easiest yeah, you job. The, yeah, you
1: have. <laughs> Here's yes. the part, guys. Good luck. Yep. <laughs> Back on the road. So let's get this going. Uh, we probably won't go super late tonight. I know we. Matt and I haven't talked for a week. Actually, we didn't see each other last week, so we're kind of playing catch-up. We actually started recording extra late. We were, we talked for a long time before we even turned the mics on. I did, I did actually work today, so I'm kind of tired, so we probably will try and breeze through the metas a little bit, although I know Matt's pretty excited to talk about a deck. But before we get to any of that, I want to give a shout out to our patrons like we do every week. Huge thank you to all of our patrons that uh, help contribute to the show in a very real way. If you want to be a part of that group, patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel, any tier gets you access immediately to our discord um, and the $5 tier a month gets you access to usually 30 to 40 minutes a week of extra content of Matt and I bantering, talking about something, whatever. And we, and a lot of times those will go, uh, those will be a lot more direct to the patrons and we'll make references to them and kind of... A lot more personal talking. But huge thank you to Emperor. Puts a week uh puts our stuff up on Reddit every single week with tons of great dialogue and commentary. Super appreciate that. We've got Ramblin' Rogue, uh Ashley, Eric, Mono Wolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Jameson. Huge thank you to everybody for being a part of the Cantrip Cartel crew and, you know, chatting with us and watching spoilers and talking about bad deck ideas in the Discord. Um Matt, I don't think I've got anything else. So, how is Legacy looking
0: this week? Doesn't look too bad. Um, there's some new decks. Well, in... saying new decks is a little overstating, but there's at least one new deck that is like radically different. Mm-hmm. And then there's some like there's some tweaks and stuff going on with some of the more established decks. Um, but as always, we start off. Sunday challenge with the winner was testacular with elves. Yeah. So an elf master testacular. Yep. Brought it home with. We talk about them almost every week. Brought home stock elves. Yep. The stock elves list. So this, if I remember correctly, this is the first win that Fiend Artisan Elves has gotten. Um, I don't think they've won before, but um, to be fair, Fiend Artisan Elves hasn't been around forever. Um we don't have to talk about the list a ton. We have before. Um, this one doesn't seem like it has any great deviations. Uh, it is, it's definitely not like the cradle control list that we've seen before. Do
1: we know these lists are in order? We
0: don't actually. Let me check. He might not have won. I didn't think about that. I trusted uh, Goldfish. Oh, I think I just saw that he did win. So give me a second. Deck lists, their websites suck. He did win.
1: Okay, cool. so okay, cool. I just want to make sure. Yeah, so, if the other if the other list happened to be out of order, that's whatever. But I want to always make sure and give credit to first place, extra special.
0: Yeah, he. The rest of the list is not in order.
1: Okay, but Testacular did bring <laughs> Testacular it home first.
0: did win. He won the finals uh, two to one. So uh, we do have that confirmed. Um, so this is. I would still call this an elf list. I know we've we've talked yeah. about that before. Where's the line? Where's the line? There's still plenty of elves in this. Uh, some decent elf synergy. You still have the Allosaurus Shepherds. Um, it's still not running Cradle, or not Cradle, uh, Glimpse of Nature. So we don't have a lot of like Quirion Ranger, Heritage Druid, Nettle Sentinel kind of shenanigans mm-hmm. going on. Um,
1: you, you got just, four War Elves instead.
0: Yeah, you basically have four War Elves. Effectively, you got like Elvish Mystic, Finhorn Elves, and War Elves. Just the, whatever combination people prefer there. doesn't really matter. And then you've got kind of like a silver bullet list. So you've got um, Collector Oath. Uh, you do still have Elvish Visionaries with yep. Wirewood Symbiots. Because most of the creatures are still Elves. So not only does Wirewood Symbiote still protect your Elves, but it also, you now have another creature you really want to untap with Fiend Artisan. Mm-hmm. So like getting additional, and Reclaimer, obviously. But like you still get a decent amount of synergy there. Um, but you've got the Fiend Artisan, like we said, going and getting the Silver Bullets. Then you've got two main deck Endurance. For a myriad of matches, but obviously the big one would be Blue Red Delver mm-hmm. attacking the graveyard and blocking uh, eight of their threats with Delvers and DRCs. Seems strong. And, and I mean, it does not that it, you'd want to do it often, but in the pinch, it does block a Merc-Tide Regent to buy you yeah. a turn, There's which is pl- a lot of times what Elves needs, especially Elves.
1: Plenty often just needs a turn.
0: Yeah, you just untap. Okay, cool. I'll chuck my endurance, block your yep. Merctide Regent, untap, and kill you with a Natural Order. Um, Then we've got Opposition Agent, um, which we've talked about before, too. This card does a ton of work. It can. It's one of those that, like, three mana is still a lot to pay, but um, it is a very, very strong card.
1: Opposition Agent always strikes me as one of those, like, against the odds cards. But when it works, it fucks shit up. And, in
0: theory, you can go fetch it with Fiend Artisan. At instant speed? Uh, Fiend Artisan, you can't do it at instant speed.
1: Oh, that's right. Fiend it's Artisan has
0: to be a sorcery. Man, that that'd but be so much better. It makes it having one in there. Yeah. You've got the Fiend Artisans and you've got um It's almost uh, green. Once sun-able. upon a time. Yeah. So uh then we got the one crater hoof. Uh that's the only the only thing that makes me a little nervous about something like this is having one crater hoof. I know for a fact that I personally would open that that'd be in my opening hand like in any game that mattered. Yeah. And then it's just like I, well, I either need a mulligan. So I can shuffle it back in, or I just have to hard cast it, which isn't impossible. It's not where you want to
1: be, though, that's for sure. It's not
0: where you want to be. So uh, then we got the Grist, which does all kinds of work. Uh, Again, searchable with Fiend Artisan, which is a big deal. Uh, Then you got one crop rotation, because this deck really needs Guy's Cradle. Mm -hmm. Fiend Artisan is very mana intensive, and you do cut a lot of your, like, you get, like, war Elms to get like that one up on mana, but mm-hmm. you're not nearly as explosive with your elves. So like you're gonna be more like consistently going up one or two mana in a game. But like by cutting heritage druid, those those hands where you can just produce twelve mana yeah. on turn three just don't exist without a cradle. Yep. So it's very important to get that cradle.
1: Oh that reminds me uh this is totally irrelevant in sidetracking. But on Monday I played against a, a new gentleman at Pioneer, His name was Alex. Playing elves. Nice. Glad to hear it. Yep. He playing those elves. He smoked me. <laughs> I was playing Racto Sacrifice. Oh, gotcha. Game one, it was there's no chance. Game two, I had his Nykthos locked down, and I had his Elvish Warmaster locked down, mm-hmm. and I had two of the devils. So every sack was a double ping, and I still got my ass kicked. So <laughs> I, I could not get an engine going. I sacked a ton of stuff, and I killed a ton of things. Mm-hmm. But every elf was making two elves. I- he wasn't drawing extra cards a lot, but just...
0: Well, they, you, that deck makes a bunch of tokens.
1: He had, like, 13 or 14, and then there's, a, like, three mana, you lose life equal to the number of elves. Yep, and like dom- pack. Domi for 14, yep. and then attack and for 14. swing for the rest. Yeah.
0: It's like, it kill was some rough. of my tokens, doesn't yeah. matter. They're going to get the last six points yeah, of damage it on Yeah, it didn't me. matter. Um, so, uh, as far as lands go, because we do have Reclaimer and Crop Rotation, you got Bajuka Bog, Beseju... Um, which obviously, beside you if you just cheated out, it's just a forest. But uh, Caracas and uh, one wasteland in the main, that's something don't really expect to see. like That kind of makes sense. Well, I mean, I mean, it makes sense in this, but like, wasteland's oh, one of those, like, getting yeah. wastelanded by elves is not something you would Depths, traditionally
1: think of. Depths is not playing around wasteland. At least they weren't. Against elves. Three months ago. Yes. <laughs> now, it, there's obviously very limited because the elvish Reclaimer doesn't, you know, Get you that in response to anything in a useful way, yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of times where your your uh, lands opponent, your lands opponent, or your depths opponent can't set things up. They don't have the time to set things up that they would like because you can just be like, "Well, I'll grab this wasteland and be yeah. ready for your dark depths or your tabernacle."
0: Yeah. Um. One of the things. So the sideboard has got a couple interesting cards. Primarily one, but. It's got two noxious revival. I saw that, which is really cool with grist, as you mill every time you use grist. So I I was like, I don't know whether. Well, you do have a bunch of silver bullets, so being able to get your silver bullets back is good, even if they die.
1: Well, here's the thing: it it obviously huge synergy with grist, huge synergy with fiend artisan. Mm -hmm. Fiend artisan is dumping those you're sacrificing creatures to green sun. Well, let's get them back.
0: Yeah. So that's one of those like I saw it and I don't know. Like I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it pop up before, but that doesn't mean I didn't miss it. So I don't know if this is something he's just testing this week. So also lets you reuse sideboard cards
1: too. Well, here's what it, here's what it lets you do. It lets you sack a creature and then go get it again. You can get the same creature. Yeah. So like if you only have your opposition agent, you can sack your opposition agent.
0: Oh, gotcha. And now then... no,
1: here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's a bad example because I was, I don't know when that would matter. But in theory, but you, you can. could. Activate it. You could sacrifice a creature as part the activation cost. Put your cost, creature
0: back on top, and not just it.
1: revival it back on top. I don't know when that would matter, and that probably isn't why it's there. But it's one of those things. Like as magic players, you see these dumb things, and it's like you could. I'm pretty sure you can do that. Yeah. I don't know why it would matter. Maybe those corner they,
0: cases. I'm sure.
1: Maybe they killed your. I don't know your last. Well, your last sword. I don't well, know Well,
0: here's a good example of when that would matter. Just so we're if we're going to come up with corner cases, crafting right here. Shriekmaw. The so Shriekmaw yeah. is already in play. You sacrifice Shriek Maul yep. in response put before Maul. it goes, yeah. before it resolves, put Shriek Maul back
1: on top. To get Shriek Maul again. To get
0: Shriek Maul and Shriek Maul their Merc Tide. Yes. So again, that's what I, one of the things I love about Magic is corner cases. Uh-huh. So that's it's a good example of a little bit of like trickery where you yeah. could squeak out a win it's, against, where you're like, and, oh crap, how am I going to deal with that Merc Tide? My Shriek Maul is yeah. already
1: out. Now you're obviously never going to run Noxious Revival for that reason, but those little tangential bonuses are what really make what change a card from being like maybe playable to maybe decent
0: well and seeing those plays is what keeps you out of in or out of the top eight
1: that's true it's yeah seeing that seeing that random line where you're like you know i have i have to be able to kill the second merc and i've already used my shriek maw what can i do it's like oh actually bomb 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 dead shriek maw attack for eight right or dead dead Murktide. whatever merc so yeah. Sorry, that was just kinda no. my that was interesting to me in my mind. And I'm glad you kinda finished it with a well, A very it's, good example. For sure it's not there for that, but yeah, totally could work.
0: Yep. So the rest of the sideboard, we've seen all this stuff before, but we got four Thoughtseize, two endurance, another grist, um, two force of vigor, uh, two snuff out, which is kinda like the premier removal for elves, uh, one shriek maw, and then one progenitus. So Which to be fair, I will say having the progenitus in the side mm-hmm. that in a lot of games, that's your second crater hoof, anyways. So you really only have the one crater hoof in game one, unless you like, mm-hmm. unless you just don't want. Because there's some matchups where progenitus is just not any good. It's not no, fast yeah. enough. So that does help. That I still, I understand why it's not in there because you can tutor for it, so you don't have to. Like, there's all kinds of reasons why it's not in there. Uh-huh. It just makes me nervous because I. Like progenitus and shriek and crater hoof seem to have hidden texts where they say this card is your commander and they're always in your opening hand. What were you gonna say?
1: Oh so I don't, this is in a world we have Gaia's cradle and near unlimited mana, let's say let's say you have plenty of mana but not attacking creatures, you could crater hoof twice. Yeah. You could recycle your crater hoof for double ETBs. Yeah. I mean, I don't, know. I don't know why I'm so fucking hung up with this Noxious Revival and Fiend Artisan synergy, but it is just, <laughs> you're saying words. All my brain is doing is making these cards work together in better ways, and yep. I don't know why, because they're not even that good together. But again, <laughs> sorry. Getting that?
0: We'll get a, a, a better example isn't doing it twice in one turn, it's just doing using it again.
1: That's true. Because there's, I mean, Crater Hoofing for so eight, and then Crater Hoofing for someone ten.
0: Cra- you Crater Hoof.
1: Yeah. Dress down. That's true. That's a very good point.
0: Okay, cool. So you fogged me this turn.
1: Yep. On my next turn. On
0: my next turn, sacrifice
1: it. Noxious Revival. Crater Hoof. Crater Hoof. That's true. There you go. I know elves. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad glad that you can take what I'm saying and make it um, applicable. Yep. So... My, that we spent my t- brain sees the synergies, but it can't make them relevant. And Matt's like, "Oh, actually, it's relevant because of this." And I'm yeah. like, "Thank God!" Yep, one of us knows what we're it's talking like, about. It's like having an unfinished song in your head. It's like there's something here. Who sung that? Crater <laughs> yeah. of a second time. Yep. So
0: uh, now that we did ten minutes on elves, uh, the rest of this top eight we're not going to go through in order because it's not in order. So we're just going to go
1: top to bottom. Top on to bottom. MTG Goldfish.
0: Yep. So uh, next deck would be Painter with a. A little bit of white. This is goblins. Uh, the, oh, sorry, you threw me off. Yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about?" No, this nope, is, this is the, the, Well, yeah. the fact of the matter is, is MTG Goldfish screws up decklist names. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, That's yeah. like, <laughs> fair.
1: But you have your your engineer, your welder, your yep. crater maker.
0: Yeah. So, no, nope, this is
1: uh, strawberry shortcake. I yeah. believe is what actually it's called. But so you're buying it's red white painter. Yeah. You're buying one tutor and one aether sworn, and then a few. A couple sideboard cards. Yeah, Uh,
0: Portable Hole, a
1: very good card. Very Um, good card in this.
0: Excellent card in Pioneer. Uh, One mana artifact when it enters, one white mana for an artifact Uh, when it enters the battlefield. Exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls with mana value two or less until uh, Portable Hole leaves the battlefield. That card is awesome.
1: It's a very good card. The artifact synergies are obviously huge with Goblin Welder and Goblin Engineer being able to... Move it in and out of the feet and out of the board to attack new hate pieces, attack new problems, enable shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Being able to make your answers enablers is huge.
0: Yep. So, other than that, though, the list looks fairly stock. Mm -hmm. I don't
1: see really anything in here that's um, surprising.
0: Yeah. So, you got a couple artifacts in the side with a Karn. I'll tell you, there's
1: one thing that's kind of surprising to me. Four pyroblasts and one red blast. Only five. Not like 7 Mm-hmm. That's the most surprising thing to right. me is you're not running seven blasts. But, or six. Yeah. Well, but. they've got
0: two more in the side. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Okay, red elemental okay blasts so you, the yeah. Side. Okay, never mind. You got seven. Never mind. Yeah, Move you on. got your seven.
1: So. Two fables. That's kind of that's probably the newest addition to this. Is you do you are running Fable, and then I have heard. I believe I've heard Phil, uh, Thraven, Phil Gallagher from Thraven. You talk about this, and someone else. He was speaking. Uh, no, it was uh, Julian's co-host, and I just forgot his name, Callum. Mm-hmm. I believe Callum was also speaking of it. So Phil was talking about uh, mono red prison decks in general. Uh, Callum is a huge, huge, huge fan of of painter in general, and strawberry shortcake variants especially. I think, but they're talking about how Fable is just. It's such a game changer in these decks, and it's kind of like just having access to card advantage and the ability to move some cards in and out of your hand is just so game breaking for mm-hmm. these decks. That I'm sure you can imagine if Elves had even if it was a three mana thing where it's like draw three, discard three, you'd be like, "Are you shitting me?"
0: Well, yeah, just I mean, just Elvish Visionary is huge. Mm-hmm. Now imagine if Elvish Visionary was like draw two, discard one.
1: Yeah, like or if it's, or discard
0: if one, just, draw two. Yeah, it's like some variation where you're just seeing more cards. Yep.
1: And that's, that's what these red decks got, was just the ability to see just enormous enormous amounts, of, enormous amounts of cards tacked onto a card that also is just great.
0: Yep. Yeah, a card you not necessarily want to play otherwise, but like it's more than the total of its parts. Yeah,
1: it is. It is, man. Every time I'm playing, because I, I play a lot of them in my Rakdos, Sack Deck, and Pioneer, and every time I tap out an entire turn casting, it feels bad.
0: Until you untap
1: with it. Until <laughs> I untap with it, and I'm like... Oh my God! I get to discard these two lands and get fresh cards.
0: Yeah, the only time it feels bad is when they just counterspell
1: it. Yeah, like if it resolves. Yeah, when like they trade it for like a two mana counterspell you, or something.
0: You kind of get a Ragavan anyways. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, three mana for a Ragavan is probably too much, but three mana for a Ragavan and a Faithless Looting
1: and a is Faithless, probably yeah. fine. That's the
0: and then a Kiki Jiki on the back.
1: Yeah, and then it, well, and then it becomes every time I've played, and it it always gets killed. But yep. that's because it's a must-answer threat. And so what yeah. that means is, one way you can look at this if you start getting into the tiers of magic is, your opponent has been holding removal for it. So the other things you were working on were working better because they can't, you know, they couldn't kill creature A because they have to be ready for Fable. Yep. And so that's, that's tons of advantage you're getting right there automatically.
0: Oh yeah, I mean that was huge with Death Right Shaman getting banned in Legacy. Is like, death right Shaman wasn't integral to the elf game plan in mm-hmm. either... Natural Order or Glimpse. It did give it a solid plan C because uh, Deathrite Shaman with the ability to untap it multiple times yeah. is a brutal thing in and of itself. Yep. But what it did was it was a threat that must be dealt with. It cost one mana. You had to kill it. Yep. But it didn't – it it was one less Swords to Plowshares for Wirewood Symbiote or yeah. – your it other just, actual synergy pieces. It draws
1: so much hate. It has to die. Yes.
0: But it doesn't matter to the rest of the deck functioning.
1: Yep. So, I know yeah.
0: exactly what you mean and I Yeah, every time I slam that, that day.
1: <laughs> I'm like cuz like everything in that Rakdos deck costs one or two. So I'm usually double spelling on turn 2. And then I go turn 3, ugh, I guess I'll do one thing. But yeah, then the next turn and the turn after I'm like, "Ooh, this yeah, this I'm is awesome."
0: Gonna, yeah, well, cuz next turn you're going to triple spell
1: yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because I'm gonna attack, make gonna an extra get a treasure. Faithful,
0: right, get a faithless looting for free. Get your I, I
1: do not want to cast anyway. Yep. play a cat, play a crocs or something stupid. Yep.
0: Um. So next the uh, next deck, uh, is it Delver? I'm just gonna go through it real quick. I didn't see anything new. This looks like it's really stock. Yep. I mean, the only trade off here is like an unholy heat for a pyroblast, and then there's nothing new in the side. Yeah.
1: Nothing. Nothing special there.
0: Yeah. So blue red Delver. Hooray. Um, next one, it's listed as Epic Storm.
1: One of the best, uh, usernames ever. Me, the captain. Me, the
0: captain. Uh, so we got Brainstorm, Dark Ritual, Rite of Flame, Veil, vale, Burning Wish, Gal- uh, Galvanic Relay, which is a super cool card.
1: Three Galvanic Relay. Yeah. These decks, uh, I, I think Brian Cook kind of pioneered this. And know, one in the side. Um, I know that Brian Cook owns, you know, EpicStorm.com. He's kind of pioneered the Epic Storm in general. He's the Epic Storm guy. Uh, but and I could be wrong, but Brian Cook is the first dude I saw really singing the praise of Galvanic Relay and making slots for multiple in his deck and 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 basically turning the Epic Storm, or at least giving the Epic Storm, this side avenue for a two-turn combo. Mm-hmm. For the entirety of my knowledge of the Epic Storm, it's always been a one-turn combo. It, it happens now or it doesn't happen at all, and Galvanic Relay really opens up all these lines for little piddly piss ant storms that will completely go crazy next turn in a in a completely uninteractable way in terms of you're taking those 10 cards and setting them in exile no thought sees, no dis no whatever I mean I guess thought sees is the big one but there's no way to interact with those cards or it's just this no thought sees no discarding yeah you can stash 10 15 cards you can you can just because I've played some storm against you with our proxy decks. you can just storm with some shitty cantrips and some shitty mana producers. And then be like, well, nothing good happens, so I'm just going to draw 15 cards, I guess. Or I'm going to draw nine, nine cards. That, gonna...
0: That's, like, I'm sure Brian Cook is way better at it. I, oh, ups- I mean, this, absolutely. But, like, one of the interesting things that I've just, in the little tinkering around I've done with it, is it's really cool when you don't have to win that turn. Yeah. But you're going to try anyways, yep. and, and you whiff. Cause so you go... Because nothing feels worse than whiffing. Right. So you go, oh, crap, I was off by mana. Yeah. I only have three instead of four for tendrils. Yep.
1: Or I Galvanic I, Relay. I didn't draw I the lose. the next cabal the next therapy I needed. Right. Or not cabal therapy, cabal kobol... Ritual. Ritual. Whatever. Like we've both played plenty of combo ish decks where it's like this it's all or none. And I'm you know, it's non deterministic. I'm gonna commit to this and see what happens. And that feeling of like, because I don't know about you, but I like I count the draws in my head and I'm like, okay, I got four looks. Okay, I got two looks oh boy, this top card better be better be what I need. And it's not, and you're just fucked. And to see a, an all-in combo deck that is win or lose on turn, whatever it goes off, have this little side plan of, now it has so many extra hits on those storm turns where it's like, well, obviously if I storm into my ad nauseum and make it work, then I win. That's pretty cool. But even if I don't, got a pretty good chance of storming into a galvanic relay and that's basically the same thing it just takes an extra turn and you know my opponent has a drc and i'm at 12 life so i'm probably fine
0: yeah their sideboard's kind of cool um there's a couple cards i haven't we haven't seen storm pop up in the top 8 so we haven't been like uh in a minute so like we haven't been like paying super close attention Mm-mm. but there's a card called crash and one called pulverize which i haven't seen pop up in lists lately so Crash is a three-mana instant. You can sacrifice a mountain instead of paying its mana cost. Destroy target artifact. And then you've got Pulverize, which is effectively the same thing. It's six mana for a sorcery. Sacrifice two mountains. Destroy all artifacts.
1: Dude. So not even paying for spells. Under the assumption this is either Brian's Cook list or inspired by a Bryant-Cook variant, I do know that Brian cook fucking hates Null Rod. Yep.
0: <laughs> that's exactly as soon as i saw that i was like oh cool no yep, rod's gone no for rod
1: <laughs> yeah well he... i've already
0: tapped this volcanic island this turn yep so <laughs> he it's hates tender.
1: that fucking card yeah and i mean it makes sense when you've got mistress bobble Mox Opal, wish talisman lotus petal lion's eye diamond chrome Mox. Mm-hmm. oh yeah so, that's kind of fun. those are yep. that's and exact i mean three copies of essentially pseudo free yeah uh artifact removal like that and you've got tons of uh, supplemental stuff like eight cast is still a very real deck, and there are probably very real spots. I mean, like
0: oh yeah, I mean I'd absolutely sacrifice two mountains to wipe eight to down. Yeah. yeah, I mean obviously it's all context dependent, but yeah, destroy all. Yeah, and that, not like, to mention something like eight cast often runs a lot of artifact hate pieces. Yep,
1: it does. And because think about, why think why about all the it? like the lands you'll hit, the like you might you will might you don't you'll double strip mine yourself and triple strip mine them. Yep, like that's why you know when doing your card evaluation, a card that is really good at one thing and actually kind of does these other two things kind of okay. It makes that card so much stronger. So next up
0: is the list that I was really excited to talk mm-hmm. about. Now I do want to bring up another list just to make sure because I want to be able to... This one uh, this one is called, on MTG Goldfish, it's called Selesnia Stoneblade, which is uh, inaccurate to say the least. Yeah. It's not wrong in the strictest sense, but it's not like
1: on Saturday because we're we're looking at Sunday. But on Saturday, Matt brought us up. I'm just kind of filling some time while he's looking some stuff up. But this like basically mono white stoneblade list was three first uh, man. Let's just of the top eight, and yeah, I yeah he can look it up. Like who knows if it was first, second, and fourth, first, second, and fifth, whatever. But like three of the top eight, it definitely won. Oh sweet
0: on Saturday. And in, then, a,
1: in a meta, with twenty on Saturday, 25% Delver, three of the top eight, and one Delver deck made it to the top eight with these fucking things.
0: I just want to grab a list here. Just technically.
1: So then on Saturday, to jump ahead a little bit, Delver's down to 12.5%. Yeah. On Sunday. On yeah. Sunday, sorry. On Sunday. Yeah.
0: So it's basically a white initiative deck.
1: The, yeah. The Sunday one. It is not at all what I would ever have expected to see in a legacy top eight. Yeah. Not to mention fucking four of them in a weekend. Yeah. So
0: it's uh we'll go over it like pretty in depth, but there is one difference. So Saturday they were running uh mono white, which had uh four main deck thalias. That's the biggest difference. There's okay. there's 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 some flex slots and the deck is still relatively new. Um but that's one of the biggest differences. On Sunday they splashed green for Once Upon a Time, which makes a ton of sense to me.
1: So 10,000-foot view.
0: What is this? So what this is is effectively—so we have mono-red prison. Yeah. This is mono-white prison. It's a tweak on that. Yeah. So what we've got—so <clears throat> we're just going to talk about the the Sunday one because I just wanted to bring up the Saturday ones for reference. There's definitely,
1: there's definitely some this variation. This is still in the works. This yeah.
0: list is not solid. There's several variations of this running around, but the biggest ones— uh. The biggest things to look out for currently are stuff like seasoned Dungeoneer and white plume adventurer. Yeah. So seasoned Dungeoneer is a four mana, three colorless and one white three, four when it enters the battlefield, take the initiative. So we've talked about initiative here before. Um, And then when, it when, whenever you attack target attacking cleric rogue warrior or wizard gains protection from creatures until end of turn. So effectively unblockable
1: it explores. So, Dude, this, take the initiative is so complicated. Yeah. So taking the initiative happens every turn regardless, kind of like Monarch, and then it also happens whenever you hit, question mark? Uh, I... So, like, I'm on the wiki, so I can try and read on the wiki if you want. So at the start of the game, no player has the initiative. The initiative status only enters the game through a card's ability, like Monarch. Once a player has the initiative, they retain the initiative until another player's creature deals combat damage to them At which point that creature's controller takes the initiative. Um, Only one player at a time can have the initiative. Whenever you take the initiative, and at the beginning of your upkeep.
0: That's the big thing.
1: So You venture into the Undercity.
0: Yeah, which is a set dungeon. Yes. That has specific things you can go through and do.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you already have the initiative, your creature cannot then retake the initiative just by hitting it. Now, when this says... This creature says when it does a thing take the initiative. But uh, I can't I can't hit you with any creature and take the initiative if I already have the initiative, right? Correct. Okay.
0: But what this one does is it explores.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. So
0: it, it, I'm
1: assuming that's the And then once you're in the dungeon, that's the keyword the to dungeon. move
0: through it. Yes. Um but for example, if you if I I'd had to look this up and I probably should have done my homework ahead of time. Um but well, I got but kind of wrapped up today.
1: We're good podcasters.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you play another Take the Initiative card, you still take the initiative. Yes, you do. So you still get to go through – you still get to move through the yeah. Undercity ones. If you played – So say these you cards played, are
1: very good in multiples. Let's say if you played three creatures in one turn and they each said ETV, Take the Initiative, you get to explore the Undercity. Explore, explore, explore. Right. And so I know we don't We – I've read through it before. The Undercity is a very new thing still. So I'm going to read through them really quick. And I'm just going to read them – Top to bottom. Yeah. So the very first one, no matter what, is search your library for a basic land into your hand, then shuffle.
0: Which the... I will go through. I just want to comment on a couple of the key ones. This deck has a very high CMC on average for a um legacy deck. So you got a lot of three and four drops in here. Mm-hmm. Like it's cheapest creature, I mean, aside from Solitude, which is just a pitch cast, is two mana for Stoneforge, which then gets you more mana involved. So, like,
1: and you're it... running City of Traders. Which Correct. you will be losing those eventually. Yep.
0: So like, even that top one is relevant. Yep. In this deck. So continue. Sorry, continue. This is perfect.
1: Yep. So one step down. We have two options, and these options don't all always feed into each other. You have to look it up on your. I'm not. We're not doing this. Yeah. Whatever. Maze. Not going to Yeah. You can either put two plus one plus one counters on a creature, which is good, or scry two. Yep. Which is also very good. Which can also be very good. But the the two plus and plus encounters is pretty insane. Yes. Well, you're taking this 3-4 this or whatever and making it into a 5-6. Yep.
0: Well, and especially, so if you look at some of these things, like Season Dungeon, uh, Season seasoned Dungeoneer starts out at 3-4. If you, it comes in, you take the initiative. So you're in the dungeon and you get your land, right? The next time you attack, he's going to attack as a 5-6. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because it's. This one triggers when a cleric attacks something. Right. And so as the creature is declared attacking, boom, explore, boom, plus-plus Well, on encounters. top of that,
0: you get your upkeep trigger.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like... yeah, actually, so it, so an upkeep becomes a 5-6. Then when you attack, we go to the next level. Uh, you can goad target creature, which go doesn't matter. You yeah. would never goad. You can create a treasure, which isn't useless, or target player loses 5-life.
0: Yes. So...
1: <laughs> so I'm, it's turn two,
0: and I've made my three, four. It's now turn three. Oh, I meant to, five, six. Yes. So now I've got a five, six, and I'm about to dome you for five when I swing.
1: At, at least. Yes. With this particular one. Yeah. Let's say let's say you have no blockers. I mean, let's fairy land here. You have no blockers. That's 10, ten damage. Correct. So. Sorry. So the next level. Yep. We've got draw a card. That's never bad. Yep. Or create a four, one black skeleton with menace.
0: You're so probably going to
1: draw a card most if, times. Most times. But if that's if, and it's important to say that the taking the lose five life will not feed into the other one. So yeah. almost always going to be drawing a card. Darn, hate that.
0: Yeah, so after I choose the best option of doming you for five, I'm now going to draw a card.
1: Now I'm going up a card. Yes. And the last one is reveal the top ten cards of your library. Put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters. And it gains hexproof until the end of turn. Then shuffle. What do you want to bet that thing fucking explores to? Right. And let's just start it over.
0: Yeah. So um, anyone who thought the initiative, and we've been, this is one of the things that I've been talking about, was that initiative card in that red deck, like it's deceptively good because Mm -hmm. like Monarch, people compare it to Monarch and that's, because that's like, that's the first comparison that pops into people's heads. It's a
1: very good comparison, I think, uh, at, at surface.
0: Yes. At a surface level. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter how many times you take the monarch, you draw one yes. card at the end of your turn.
1: Yeah, could you imagine if every time you took it you drew a card. If you if you could play Palace Jailer tw- if you could flicker Palace Jailer and you get to draw two cards this turn, right. Holy shit.
0: Correct. That's
1: what this does. Yeah. That's exactly so what this they're does. They're much
0: smaller bonuses, but you can repeat them and yeah. gain a ton of advantage. And well there's a lot of times where drawing a card isn't the best option.
1: I mean, when you're looking at decks with these synergies, where like you're getting initiative on attacks as well, you're looking at guaranteeing it twice. Usually, doing it twice a turn, and there is a such a key difference between getting even getting, let's say, an incremental bonus at the beginning of your turn versus an, a decent bonus at the end of your turn. Yep, that worlds apart. Mm-hmm. Drawing a card at the end of your turn is powerful, but getting something, getting scrying something
0: two at the start of your turn is, is also really is probably, good. It's almost better, <laughs> right?
1: So, like. The, those are those are almost not comparable. Do you want a little bit now or a lot later? Well, in life, you should choose a lot later. In a Most magic game, time. you should choose a little bit now, probably. Yeah,
0: Well and again, a lot of that's going to be matchup dependent. But that that's leads true. into one of the things I do also want to discuss it as far as the comparison to Monarch goes. The initiative, since it is not just generically good stuff like drawing a card, which is Drawing a card, like we said, is almost never bad Mm -hmm. for basically every deck. Yep. So if you take the Monarch from a deck that's built around being the Monarch, you can really screw that deck up, and you get a big bonus. Like At no point does any deck just want to not draw two cards a turn, right? Yep. A lot of the initiative bonuses are going to be wasted on somebody. Like if your opponent sneaks in and takes it, Mm -hmm. then a lot of that bonus, they're not all just generic good
1: stuff. No, they're not. So, so like it's the,
0: it's not as bad as losing the monarch.
1: Lower risk. Right. It's and a presumably lot lower risk. you're you're probably getting it back very soon. Right. And your deck is probably built to take advantage of it the most.
0: So yeah, so say they take it uh, and you take it right
1: back. Yeah. Okay, cool. You got to you got to scry too. you got your scry too. Yeah. No, no, you got oh, to Oh, you got to basically You got to go get a basic, which there's plenty there's, of decks that the, just
0: this whiff fail to find. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's way worse for your opponent to take the initiative for them, they get a much smaller bonus yes. potentially than, than just drawing a card. Right. Yeah. So,
1: what's the other? There's, I kind of jumped all over you there. Yeah. There's one more initiative card. Read that one next.
0: Um, So, it was a White Plume Adventurer. So, it is a three mana of two generic, one white, because a lot of this is important because the deck is. runs Soul Lands. Uh, two generic, one white for a three, three. When it enters the battlefield, take the initiative. And at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, Untap a creature you control. If you've completed a dungeon, untap all co- creatures that
1: you control. That is so good. So, what you're saying is at least one of my creatures just gets vigilance every turn.
0: Yep. Which protects the initiative.
1: Actually, borderline better initiative because I can untap my stone forge.
0: Right. <laughs> and go get another dude or, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. So. Well, you, you wouldn't, you know, flickering it. Yeah. But I have the opportunity to do shenanigans yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. Play it. Uh, I didn't, but like, yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, you can, unt- and then on the off chance you have completed a dungeon, yeah, you just, everything gains, init- everything gains pseudo vigilance every turn. Yeah. So. I'm going to attack you with a 5-6. On your upkeep, untap it.
0: Yep. Good luck taking back the initiative.
1: Good luck taking back the initiative.
0: So, there, like I said, there's a bunch of different other creatures being run with this, like people are trying to dial in a list, and again, there's going to be a lot of flex slots. So, yep. if we're moving on from the initiative guys in particular... Uh, one of the things we you do want to keep in mind uh with the Dungeoneer, cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard. Creature type matters. Yes. So you've got uh that card itself is a warrior. The white plume adventurer is an adventurer or is a cleric, cleric. and then anointed peacekeeper, which is another one of the flex slots in my opinion, is an, is a cleric. Yep. So it's it's also going to get some of that. Um so it's a three mana, again, two white and a color or uh two, two and colorless a- and a white. We've got a three-three vigilance. Uh, as it enters the battlefield, look at an opponent's hand, then choose any card name. So you get to peek. Yep. Uh, spells your opponent's cast with the chosen name cost two more to cast. Yep. And activated abilities of sources with the chosen name cost two more to activate, unless they're mana abilities.
1: So this one is relevant that almost everyone will catch on, but like I missed when I first read the card. You look at their hand and then you choose a card name. Yeah, it
0: doesn't have to be a card in their yeah. hand.
1: So it's like Sorcerer Spyglass. You get to look and then name Karn. The Great Creator, or whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever they have—that's a problem right now. You can name Blast Zone. You can look at their hand and name—I don't know—Despian uh, Stage. Like you get to pick whatever, whatever's gonna be a problem for you. Yeah. I know I need a bunch of lands, but as long as they're not mana abilities, you can do that. Yep. And then it's something they can't activate them, but they cost two more. You can look at their hand and then name Brainstorm. Fuck you. Yeah. Pay three to brainstorm forever. Right
0: so and again brainstorm's probably not a bad card to name in a lot it, of matchups
1: it's probably not a bad card to name cuz you're cuz you're you've you're starting quickly you're you've 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 started your board you're trying to get things going your opponent's going to be trying to dig i yep. mean it's only 60% of the meta right brainstorm so limiting that digging is going to it's going to fuck your opponent pretty hard yeah
0: um so we've got <clears throat> three stone forge mystics and a tip fairly typical stone port stone forge package uh Cauldre complete uh gta and then a shadow spear, which also goes along with the four Urza of saga in there. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Soul Guide Lantern f- for uh and Mox Diamond for more saga targets. Yep. Not the mox diamonds necessarily a saga target, but just as a artifact that you could hit with saga. Sorry, yeah. Um, and then we've got chalice of the void. So this is where again it's not hard prison like red prison is where it's got like Trinisphere and Blood Moon and Chalice and stuff like that. But it is trying to accelerate out a turn one yeah. chalice and then follow it up with like...
1: I'd say it's definitely working towards that with four Mox Diamond, four Ancient Tomb, and two City of traders. Yeah. It's trying to slam a problem turn one, yep. which is very Red prisony
0: And some of the creatures. So Ooh. you've got the uh, Anointed Peacekeeper, which while it isn't a prison card, it can, can be can very up,
1: disruptive. It can easily fuck up your turn one.
0: But if you've also got Archon of Amaria. Again, two and a white. Oh,
1: my God. Two, three,
0: flyer. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn. Non-basic land your opponent's control. Enter the battlefield tapped.
1: Do you know what you can name with Anointed Peacekeeper? I mean, literally anything, but what do you have in mind? Flooded Strand. <laughs> yep, you can hit fetches. Yeah. <laughs> you could go. Now, this is kind of like, let's get. I mean, go. you could go turn one Anointed Pe- Peacekeeper. Name what do you got fetch. there? Uh, two, uh, two. Uh, what's the right? Scalding rep- Tarns. Two Scalding Tarns? Yeah, Scalding Tarn. Good luck. Next game? <laughs> yeah. On top of like you also said, I, I kind of spoke over you. I'm sorry I did the no, thing where I, I just my brain auto fixed yeah, was... on something. Yeah. Archon of Ameria is actually a vintage all-star. The, the the mana in vintage is quite a bit faster usually and so you can slam it on turn one a lot more consistently, but Archon of Ameria is a is an all-star in vintage because it just slows the game down so much. Nice fetch land that ETB's tapped to right. go get a volcanic island that ETB's tapped. Yeah. And then you,
0: once you have several lands, you can still only cast one yeah. spell a turn. You want to brainstorm? That's all you get to do. Oh, and by the way, so while you're casting one spell every turn, I'm gonna be moving through the dungeon. So two or three like times. yeah. We're gonna keep doing that. And those yeah. are effectively gonna be my spells.
1: Yeah. Those are my spells.
0: And that two three flyer is a lot better when it's a four five flyer after mm. I've taken the initiative yeah. and explored once. So
1: Man, I did not think about anointed peacekeeper, flooded strand. Fuck you, blue white control.
0: Yeah. So again, this type of build, there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, you'll see some with like Thalia's, you'll see like there's just a ton of different builds currently because like yep. the initiative is kind of the backbone of the deck, and then it's like, well, what do we think Dude, we're going to play against this when's week? When's the
1: last time you saw a Popper deck ported to Legacy?
0: Well, and that's the thing, man. Like, Popper is what really kind of kicked it off, yeah, because it, an initiative took over Popper.
1: Now, these aren't Popper cards, these no. are rares, but this this started to popper it proved
0: the point that hey initiative is uh-huh. playable like in a competitive setting then you get that mono red prison guy who is seeing a lot of success yeah now we're going hey well if it's decent enough for mono red prison why don't we tr- the Undercity's strong
1: it it is it's
0: deceptively strong
1: i very it much it really
0: on the surface doesn't look like it's that good
1: i wrote it off immediately when i read through it man i did not have faith in it and i was wrong
0: yeah it's one of those things that it's just like, it's just, it's just good. There's yep. just so much value there.
1: There is when you can start. I think I also, but uh, I also I compared it to Monarch in my mind, and I I dis I discount I wrote off the, well uh, doing it three times a turn. Yeah. Like or do, even just doing it twice a turn, like uh, it gets a lot different when you're like when you look at that when you look at that dungeon card and you go this and then this and do them in two chunks. This this. This, 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 this. Oh, that's that's quite a bit yeah. different.
0: Well, and I mean, the, the biggest thing to me is like, it's realistic that you complete the dungeon. Like, yeah that's not out of the question at all. And that's a pretty powerful complete. And that's a very strong complete. Yes, it is. So like, when that's on the table, all of a sudden to me, like, if you just removed that, I don't think it would see nearly as much play. Now, I'm not saying it happens every game, but the fact of the matter is, is like a lot of those are relatively weak. They're yep. good in concert with all of them, but individually... Okay, whatever. Yep. But like when you go, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good, and then the the last thing you do if you hit it is really strong. Really good.
1: And this is another thing where it kind of goes without saying. Most everyone's thought of this. But remember, these are all relatively uncounterable. Yeah. These effects are not counterable. Yeah, once you've taken
0: the – and that's one of the things that people don't like about it, and I've heard complaints about that since it was all over Popper – the Undercity is you can't interact with it. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with Monarch. It's the same thing with Planeswalker yeah. emblems. And I have mixed feelings about the whole thing, about uninteractable kind of effects. Um, some of them make sense. Like if you take six turns to ultimate a Planeswalker, it should either just be in, like, it should just say you win the game. It should. But like they don't want to do that for flavor, so giving you an emblem that does effectively, you win the game. But yeah. oh, I can't interact with it. Yeah, because you had seven turns because, to yeah. interact with the planeswalker. I, I spent
1: four mana and then protected aggressively for five turns. Right. So like you had yeah. your chance to interact had, with it. Yeah, exactly. So like there's
0: some of that. Now with Monarch and the Undercity or the Initiative, like you don't really get a hmm. whole lot of time to interact with it.
1: I was just, I kind of thought about it. and like it's it's a weird world I guess, but like the world where. Let's say your your big turn one slam is that white plume adventurer against like a control deck mm-hmm. and maybe they make a maybe they make a mistake. Maybe maybe they have swords in their hand and they're like, Well I'm not gonna waste a force on this. And so they go to swords. And, and now just, the
0: just initiative's just in the And game. now
1: it's just initiative, and like their plan is to ponder brainstorm force well for the next five turns, and you're just every turn uncounterable effect, uncounterable effect, uncounterable effect, slam a creature that's big. Yep. And then you know what that creature does when it ETBs? Let's start over and do it again. Mm-hmm. Uncounterable effect, uncounterable effect, uncounterable yeah, effect. It's just
0: in the game, and it's kind of like the City's Blessing, which a lot of people, yeah. again, didn't like, because it was like, well, once I hit 10 permanents, I just have the City's Blessing for yep. the rest of the game?
1: Yep. Yep. And, so... this, and like that's going to be forcing, in this situation, which I know I'm kind of theory crafting here, but like now you're forcing, maybe you're forcing your blue-way control opponent to like play Snapcaster in a bad spot, just to try and attack and take the initiative, and... Getting your opponent to play their cards less efficiently because we have to play around this stupid fucking initiative that I don't want, but I can't let you keep. Oh yeah,
0: I mean, if you were if you weren't playing something like the Wandering Emperor or like you know, because there's a ton of different variations on blue white control. But if you were in one of those like creatureless builds, it's going to win through Jace. Let's yeah, say exactly. You can't let an initiative no. creature resolve like. Like every single one of these is a force of will target. Yep. Because it doesn't matter if you swords it. They've taken the initiative and now you have no way to interact with that at all.
1: This whole just like sit back and hide thing is not going to work.
0: Yep. It's the same thing with Monarch, where like you have, you can't let them take the Monarch if you don't have a realistic way of getting it back. Yep. You're just fucked. You just, you have to counter the thing that makes, that introduces that element into the game.
1: Yeah. And I know everyone listening, I know Blue Eye Control isn't a meta deck. In, uh, insert top, control deck eight
0: last week i mean
1: i think weren't so. we just talking about it i think so but like it's, it's not like a top <laughs> yeah. tier deck i get that but you know what i'm saying the insert typical control deck yeah and you're you're in a similar position
0: um sideboard uh a lot of the stuff we've seen before but we do want to talk about it one of the interesting things is seeing the four swords in the side um just it's rare that you have a mono white deck that doesn't main deck mm-hmm. swords but to be fair, it's also main decking Chalice of the Void, and that's an active part of its game yep. plan. And it is a creature deck that wants to be committing stuff to the board. So, like, most of the time, like, if you're talking about just beaters, this deck's going to be better at just, like, fighting that kind of ground ground and pound kind of game. Yep. So, like, I don't really care about what you're doing with your just yeah. regular dudes. Obviously, in games two and three, I want to be able to get rid of, like, a Merit Lage, yep. stuff like that. There, just there are the things game. that
1: have to get sorged.
0: Yeah. But like you're not going to just be like, oh god, I need my swords for their DRC. Yep. Like, uh,
1: no. whatever. You've got. Well, it's most of the time you're going to have better creatures than yep. your opponent. And uh, like, if I'm only worried about Merktides, because like you know we're probably out racing DRCs for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I have Solitudes.
0: Yep. You've got Solitudes, and you've got. Um, not that it stops it from happening, but that Peacekeeper really does kind of make Murktide kind of not. Bad, but like, oh, two more. Making it cost four. Delver's designed to cast it for two. Well,
1: you could just delve more. I know, but like a lot of times you can't. But yeah, that does that does that if if all that does is push Trade off one extra turn, that can be very easily what you need. If I, uh, that could bite you. <laughs> yeah. Well, now they're allowed to delve more. Say, I was going to
0: say it they can... are
1: allowed to delve more answers the sorcerer. This is the assumption yeah. here is that they happen to have. Eight right. instant sorceries to delve anyway. Yeah, so it so, could. Yeah, for sure.
0: So just watch out for that. Uh, cor-
1: it's a corner case. Yeah,
0: again, that's what magic is.
1: But what, what could easily be is like you've answered their first Merktide, and their graveyard's at four, and you're like Peacekeeper on Merktide. Yep. And just push it back another turn or two.
0: And beat them to death with your Archon of ameria. Yep. Uh, then we got Containment Priest, Null Rod, uh, Aven Mind Sensor, Four Fairy Macabre uh cataclysm and mind break trap
1: except for cataclysm fuck combo huh uh, the,
0: again say it's a very fair this, deck it's a very fair deck this deck is you're not gonna you're not gonna outfare this deck no very often
1: and so it has to be prepared for the combo and yep. like you're talking about with death and taxes since you are so confident in the fair ish fair and mid-range decks or matches we have all this space for combo hate yep
0: and then you just go cool in the fair ones where it could matter. Swords of Plowshares. Yep, I still get the best removal spell in mm-hmm. Legacy. Maybe so, a pithing needle. Right. So. Yeah. Just really wanted to kind of do a deep dive on that deck. Uh, very excited to see it. I would love it. I mean, I still hate the fact that Merktide's a card. Yeah. But it it would be nice if somebody could knock Delver yep. back to a reasonable level. Ca- I don't know if this is
1: going to be it, but causation is not correlation, or sorry, correlation is not causation. Necessarily, but we did have a shit ton of Delver on Saturday, and this deck fucking waffle stomped them. Yeah. And then on Sunday, a lot less Delver showed up. Yep. So winning. Dude, it's been an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, we're almost done. With With legacy. legacy. So
0: we can speed through the next couple. We've a lot of these we've seen quite a bit. We've
1: got to talk about eighth place though. Or at least what is labeled eighth. Um, so next one, we've got Rug Delver. Although in fairness, there's only like six unique cards in it. Yeah.
0: Uh, you got Nimble Mongoose instead of Delver yep. Secrets, and then, um, Fail <laughs> vale of Summer and Life from the Loam and Minskin Boo in the side. Yep. That's the, I mean, other than the Tropical Islands in the main, that's the difference in the deck. So. Yeah,
1: but we talked about last week, like, yep. flexing into Nimble Mongoose just to dodge more. A harder
0: to remove creature.
1: Yep. Harder, dodging more Pyroblasts, harder to remove.
0: Dodges, pyre, all the blasts and swords, splashers. Yeah,
1: all the blasts yeah, and swords. So, um, it is just a 3 3 on the ground, but might be enough.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a 3 3 on the ground that's hard to remove in conjunction with everything else. So, yes. like, it's clearly it's enough.
1: Clearly, it's <laughs> enough. It's,
0: you know, top eight and challenges for the second week in a row. Um, next up, we're talking about eight cast. Um We've got the full eight casts, full yep, thought monitors and thought casts. Chalice, Mishra's Bobble, Ether Spell Bomb. Like, this is. Yep, nothing. Nothing super new here.
1: A Hole Breacher in the side. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Another one of those, like, against the odds cards. Like, Hole Breacher and Opposition Agent live in a very same vein where the odds of it working are slim, but when it works, it kind of almost wins.
0: They kind of remind me of, like, Stifle a little bit. Yeah. Where, like, Hole Breacher's cool when nobody's expecting Hole yep. Breacher.
1: When no one's ready for it, Hole Breacher gets them. Yep. Otherwise, it's pretty bad.
0: Well, There's certain things that it's good against, like wheel effects and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like that story I was telling you a few weeks ago against me and Ashley, where she wheel of fortune a couple times and I whole breach her. Yep, and it's just like cool. Well, I
1: mean, I still Brian, lost,
0: but it was like, well, I'm gonna, yeah, it, it keeps you in the game, yeah. So, and then last place, we haven't seen this in a long time,
1: forever. Yeah, Hogak. The Gak is back. Hogak is probably one of my favorite decks to play in Legacy. Uh, it's trash right now. Because there's so much really good Graveyard Hate, and Graveyard Hate is on such a premium with Ley Lines literally being, in my opinion, uh, brought in against Delver. But, like, I love Gak, and it's it's super fun. You get to run just all these huge, huge, huge value creatures, Vengevine, Bloodghast, uh, Gravecrawler, shit that I'm, like, either not casting at all or I'm casting from the graveyard multiple times, sacking it to stuff, moving it around. Ultra of Dementia, like super super fast, aggressive with uh Bridge from Below and Vengevines and also straight up combo finish if I have to, where it's like, oh, I can't kill you before you kill me, or I can't get through. That's okay. I'm gonna mill your library in one turn. Right. And it's just so much fun to play.
0: Yeah. It's fun to play. It's it's one of the few combo decks that I don't hate playing against because it's it rides the line. It does something very, very strong but it feels like you have plenty of ways to attack it whereas like show and yeah, tell is often sure. just like a force check
1: yep stuff like that where it's yeah, just, it's
0: not even an interesting game it's like do you have the well, thing that answers the show and tell
1: every single color has options against it there's there's options at every mana value there's options at every point in the game like there's always and that's one of the reasons why Gak hasn't been in fucking play, in relevance in a long time is there's so many ways to fight it but it's so cool to see. And I, I love it's one of my favorite decks to just play. Play the gack
0: That's our top eight. Uh quick metagame summary. We've got is it Delver with four copies? And then there was one that Rug Delver we talked about. So effectively five Delver decks in the top thirty-two, eight cast with four copies. Uh others listed with three, um, which we don't really have time to track all those down. Um, then we got reanimator, mono red prison, elves. Woohoo! Elves has two, uh, then a bunch of one ups. An actual bunch of one ups. Like, that's nice to see. Death Shadow, Oops All Spells, Omnitale, Stoneblade, Sneak and Show, Storm, yep. more Stoneblade, Painter, Infect, Depths. Like, this is what you want to see. Like, this is like... This is cool. This is a very good tournament. Yeah. So, as far as, like, a metagame goes. Like, if we were yes. seeing this on a regular basis, I don't think you'd hear anybody complaining nope. at all.
1: It makes me hopeful.
0: Yeah. So, let's hope. Force wills only in half of the
1: decks. Dude, brainstorm's only in forty-one percent. See, this is what we're talking about. Like, that's actually that's that's awesome. That's a twenty percent decrease. Yeah,
0: it's good. Very excited to see that. Yeah. So you got force will, brainstorm, lotus petal. So it's not force will, brainstorm, ponder is the top three. Nope. Lotus petal, ponder, and Mishra's bobble is the top five.
1: There's some real variants. That's cool.
0: Now he's still again still got days, expressive iteration, yep. merktide regent. Like Delver's still there. But yep. And then top creatures, Murktide, DRC, Simeon Spirit Guide with all those prison decks, Elvish Reclaimer with Depths and Elves, Grizzlebrand, obviously Reanimator and Omnitel. Mm-hmm. Um then then it's basically <laughs> eight cast in Delver. So it's a thought monitor, Emery,
1: stuff like that. Yep. Um Fiend Artisan. Fiend tenth.
0: Artisan, tenth most played creature. Yeah
1: elves elves represent i guess a total of 12 copies and 9% of decks <laughs> so there's only two elf decks listed here so someone else is running for probably one of the unnamed is actually an elf deck it could be yeah so
0: anywho. uh and then top spells force will Brainstorm, lotus petal ponder measures bobble that's that's legacy
1: i think mean, that's that's pretty cool yeah I and mean, that's very i don't
0: uh, think you'd hear a ton of complaining if this is what it looked like every yeah,
1: week i'm too i'm i'm actually pretty okay with that yeah so let's take a Quick peek at modern. Uh, we we're already a lot longer than I wanted to, but I had fun talking about legacy. Legacy's fu- like sometimes legacy's fun to talk about, and that was a fun topic to talk about. Well, that's a-
0: I know we gripe about it all the time, but that's one of the things that's been really frustrating. Is like legacy, in my opinion, when legacy's good, there's no other format that I would rather play. It's magic at its best when legacy's good. The problem is is when legacy goes off the rails it tends to go off the rails pretty hard and it it's almost i don't want to say it's binary but like it's very much legacy's in a good spot or it's usually dominated by something degenerate mm-hmm. whether that's fair or unfair with like a, a delver variant or something or some you know underworld breach combo where like it tends to do really broken things and when somebody finds a way to break legacy something's wrong and it yep. needs to get fixed yep. <laughs> because it, be, it it just creates unplayable games like yep. that just aren't any fun so it crashes hard but when it's riding high legacy is like amazing magic That's
1: pretty great pretty great
0: so i would i'm really hopeful
1: yep all right modern in 30 seconds or less
0: uh footfalls murk murk died uh jess guy hammer time
1: uh is it is it all right, well, thanks to our patrons. <laughs> uh, Matt, did I forget anything? <laughs> the, the second half of the podcast. Yep. So in first place, uh, do me a favor, pull it up. Yep, I'm um, getting that right now. So I'll tell you what, I'll, we'll jump ahead. Uh, while he's pulling that up to make sure we have at least first place correct. So our metagame summary this week, Murktide Regent and Rakdos, both Rakdos mid-range, 12.5%. Uh, four decks each, and then uh, like a bunch of twos Jeskai, Yogg Moth, and Domino Creativity. So, Murktide still sitting up top, Rakdos Midrange still sitting up top. Two of the, mo- two of the most powerful combinations we've seen lately, um, but neither of them at an oppressive level. Nope. Uh, most played cards Ragavan, Lightning Bolt, Mistress Bubble, Leyline Binding in fourth, Legacy All Star Leyline Binding, and Expressive Iteration top, Creatures, Ragavan, Fury Grief, Ledger Shredder, Dragon Race Chandler. Cool to see Ledger Shredder kind of popping in and uh, claiming some more space in that top creature slot. Otherwise you're looking at, you know, MH2 Tribal. And top Spells, Bolt, Bobble, Binding, Iteration, and Thoughtseed. Ooh. So let's go back to the beginning of the segment.
0: Yep, uh, looks like Young Dingo starts gotcha. home with uh, Rakdos Midrange.
1: So in fourth place, or first, depending on who you ask, Young Dingo, brought home with Rakdos mid-range. Um, so this is scam. This is scam. Yeah. These Rakdos mid-range decks, like, I guess it's technically mid-range. I mean, like, it's mid-range. You have Season Pyromancer. You've got Torok. You've got Dothi Voidwalker. These are these are solidly mid-range plans. It's
0: just using a different game plan to generate yeah. the value that and then they you, would yeah. often
1: do. And then you've got your scam part of it, which is grief and fury and all the undying crap. and. You know, your removal through terminates and coligans commands and thought seizes and bolts. A couple of blood moons to lock out and give some real punishment for whatchamacallit. Uh those four or five color decks. Which I still maintain we need more hate for multicolor decks, like three, four, five color decks in modern. I s I don't know if I don't know if Wasteland's too good, but I'd love to see some actual some actual hate.
0: But... We've talked about that before on the discard or the Discord. I think a Shock Wasteland would be fine. It, like, it'd be where I'd want to start.
1: Like, like ETB shocks, you
0: lose two life, and then it's
1: Wasteland. So it, could it ETB tapped and not lose two life? That's
0: that's where I'm a little iffy. I don't know if or what it's if like it was true like,
1: Shock. What if it's like, yeah, tap to add a colorless or tap, pay two life, destroy target non-basic?
0: Something like that. Yeah. Basically, like, because, like, at that point... You're at least on par because that's one of the things that makes wasteland so brutal against shocks is like they they fetch shock, they're down three life, and then you just wasteland them. Yeah. Like that's not only have you
1: traded a land, you've also you've also bolted them.
0: Right. So like that's way too good in my opinion. Um, but I think if you kept it I think when we were first theory crafting this on the Discord, I said three because my expectation is someone fetch shocking. Like oh, I you'd want to bake that in. Yeah. So like if they just play a shock, then yeah, you're down a life. Yep. But if they fetch shock, you're even. And and like you, when you, in my opinion, if you're going to design this, I'd rather have, I'd rather mm. work our way up from bad cards and add one and add one and add one until we find the right one yeah. rather than go, here's Wasteland and we have to ban it in six weeks, anyways.
1: Yeah. Cause if, if three is too much life, then just try and print two. Yeah. Try print it too.
0: But I mean, again, it's all hypothetical yeah, stuff. Yeah, hypothetical.
1: But... I, but I think, I think Watson needs to work on printing more. Uh, More hate for these lands that have all like how easy it is to uh, how easy it is to have five colors and be running basically domain cards in every single deck. Like in modern blue white control is running ley line binding Mm -hmm. because all you have to do is run like one or two pseudo off color triomes,
0: either one like fully off color or two sort
1: sort of off color, maybe just one off color fetch. So you can go like triome off-color fetch on turn two that's effectively colorless and then have binding for one up and your blue-white control. Like, you're playing... Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, like, the way you get around that is either ban leyline binding, which I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, with with how aggressively decks are warping themselves to play it and paying very little to do so, or Modern gets some legit hate for non-basics or greedy mana bases.
0: Now, the flip side to that argument... At least with this challenge, is this challenge also looks fantastic? There's a ton yeah. of different decks, so it's like it's one of those things where like, yeah, leyline binding may or may not be too good. Currently, it's kind of like the Luris argument we were making six months yeah. ago, where it's like, yeah, Luris may be kind of annoying, but the meta game's great.
1: So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't think we a, should touch anything. It's a very good comment to make. I wouldn't ban anything out of this. Out of this. Yeah, meta this looks fantastic. Um, quickly bump through that sideboard manches like Nickman is always on the high end uh it's not unusual it's not unusual <laughs> but it's fine it's like three man's pr- almost too much to play for that but there's all those there are those matches where like I mean when you can just lame living in if you can get it through to living in it's like well your deck kind of sucks dick or yep living in i guess isn't as bad because it does just get to enough mana to cast the big fatties but still it, it yeah, buys so by much time then,
0: this deck is going to have one again yeah it easy. buys
1: so much time and uh that has it, there's a lot of, i mean like uh, indomitable creativity like limiting them to literally a few persists and one transmogrify mm-hmm. it's pretty good or I, I guess what's probably better is just take all their archons yep. it's like have fun killing me with dwarven minds, right like uh, I think I
0: can I think I can match your dwarven minds with my Furies, yeah. Season Pyromancers, Dothy Void Walkers, and Rackabands.
1: Nothing in here's too crazy. Uh one path apparel, yeah. a little three mana, it's a a little a damnation for CMC two or less, unless you pay six.
0: That must be in there for all the uh, tribal decks that are still uh Yeah. There's
1: legal. still some tribal you're still seeing Murpho come in a little bit and whatnot, <laughs> and like I mean it can't even because it can I was being sarcastic. It does it does obviously hit those, but I was just oh, making that's a what point. I was thinking of. Is like because yeah. you still see Murfolk popping in sometimes. You still goblins see, is still around. You still see goblins popping in. Nobody plays elves. Nope, nobody plays. Not elves, in a challenge.
0: People run it in leagues, but not in a challenge. Yeah,
1: because because if you look at the mana base, uh, except for the Blood Moon treasure tokens, it literally can't even pay six because it's it's a four white black. Yeah, so it's really only there to be hitting the little stuff. And there's only one of them, and then a Hit Sugu consumes all another one of, kind of sweep up, get some value maybe take care of some problems. And, you know, Exile Graveyards is probably one of the biggest things that does is getting rid of those Graveyards. So then we'll just start with uh, Arceus Dota with Crashing Footfalls and Pseudo first. But this is um, more of the mid rangey uh, variant of Crashing Footfalls than the, like, dedicated Crashing Footfalls. And so you've got the Ardent Please, you've got the Leyline Bindings, you've got the Become Immense... Um, and the Furies.
0: I was gonna say, I, I don't remember seeing become immense. No, in any of this list, but that's kind of hilarious with Fury. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, because yeah, six. Like, so Fury, if you can get take Fury 18? out, yeah, take eighteen. <laughs> Yeah, a nine nine double strike. Yeah. The Become immense definitely definitely been an add on, but so like Dead and Gone somewhat, but Fire and Ice for sure, Valent Outburst. Uh you've actually completely lost Charlotte's Agent in lieu of Ardent Plea, which is odd to say the least.
0: Are we looking at the same list? This one's got the one I'm looking at Charlotte's Agent.
1: Oh my gosh. It sure does. <laughs> I saw Fury and just my brain erased. So anyway, so you got Charlotte's Agent, you yeah. got <laughs> I'm tired, guys. Oh boy. I'm tired and I got excited and I just kind of drained my last reserves of, of energy. Nope. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Char this agent, Violent Outburst, the extra two with Ardent Plea. Uh, flexing in the mana base pretty hard to make Leyline Bindings work, but it doesn't matter because you get to run Fetches and Triomes. Um, and some of these ex- just, just some extra really valuable powerful cards like Fury, like Dead and Gone, uh, like Become Immense, the Leyline Bindings for Answer. And then your sideboard, a uh, very compact some Force of Vigors, some Mystical Disputes, some Endurances, Unmoored Ego, which is just if you don't have black, it's like basically the exact same thing as necromentia, mm-hmm. and a Gemstone Caverns for those games when you're on the draw, which makes sense to put it in the sideboard since ideally you'll not be on the play in the first place in game one, so you're only bringing that in for on-the-draw games when you have a chance of cheating it in and getting ahead on mana. Yeah, Second place, sort of, whatever, on this list is Merfolk. And I don't want to go through this entire deck. <laughs> so there's a lot of, but like, so things like, so the Svelum Svelin, which is that new Murfolk. It's not a Murfolk Lord, but like it, it's yeah. an, As long as you have Murfolk, it's indestructible. It gives your Murfolk Ward one, which is very good. I would disagree.
0: It's not nothing. It's very good when what you have is a team. Murfolk one doesn't perfect protect a murktide. Murfolk, or uh, are or ward one when you have six creatures out, yeah. I
1: guess that's effectively ward six because, yeah, because you like yeah, in fairness because you have to kill like if it had if you have is it three other or well, three it's not total? so much that like it's the
0: fact of the matter is, is like if I could make it so my elves all cost one more to target,
1: like yeah, it does get a lot harder,
0: it's a lot hard because you have to kill like all these yeah. moving parts, well, not
1: just one dude and s- spent, silent, whatever. This this merfolk god, as long as you have two other merfolk, has indestructible. Yeah. So yeah, she's really hard to kill until you've killed a few of them, and that's true if you're trying to kill two or three of them, and they each have ward one. Yeah. That does make it quite a bit different. And whenever she attacks, she draws a card, which is pretty good. A, a three four yeah. with indestructible that just draws a card a turn and
0: and is realistically, given the way the decks are built, probably going to have island walk. Yep. And uh, you're probably going to have an island.
1: Because so the, the only, Tide Shaper. only the really two cards this deck is picking up from recent is, one, the Tideshaper, which is actually a really cool card. It's great for a lot of reasons. One mana, one, one, but it has Kicker one. And then uh, if your opponent has an island, it gets plus one, plus one, which is going to be quite often. It's just a one mana, two, two. But... When it ETBs, if you pay its kicker, you can you can uh, spreading seize one of their lands, yeah, which basically makes it an island and nothing else. So it either one fucks them on it fucks them on mana, like gets rid of their triome, yep. hypothetically, or two it just kills Urza Saga. Mm-hmm. Both of those are great, actually. And three, in the event you're playing, let's say Rakdos Scam, it turns on, uh, Island Walk because you know they've got two swamps and. Two uh, to mountains, and it's like, well, island. Now you have an island, and I have a Lord of Atlantis. Well, and it's it's so important.
0: Merfolk's, Merfolk has run Spreading Seas, and this list still runs Spreading Seas. Mm-hmm. So you got four of the Tide Shapers and still two more Spreading yes. Seas. Like, that's how important. Because, like, Merfolk are not very good in general when you can just block them. Yes. Because, like, again, it's one of those things where, like, individually, these cards aren't very good, yep. but together they're very good. Yeah.
1: The, the, there's a reason we're running eight island walk lords yeah because the island walk is really fucking important and there's another card we've got here called rashad and Dokkan that saw or they got a lot of chatter in the very beginning of spoilers people were wondering if this was going to replace or add on to rashad and port in legacy mm-hmm. now there's always a couple reasons why it would and it would not and the clear reason why it would not is that it is a creature that is summoning sick and thus slow and easy to kill now, one of the reasons it would, and I'm sure you thought of this because you're fucking smart, but I hadn't thought of it until someone explained it to me, was it is mana neutral where Rashad and Port is mana negative. Yeah. And I never thought of it that way, but Rashad and Port, you have to pay one and tap it. I should say this card does. I'm sorry. It's a one-two merfolk for one blue with island walk. Pay one, tap it, tap target land. So the same text as Rashad and Port. But Rashad and Port, you turn two of your land sideways to turn one of, one of their lands. Yep. Whereas this, once it untaps and once it doesn't die, which it'll die because it one, not whatever, you're just trading your one of yours for one of theirs. and that's I mean twice as efficient. one you know that's not one more than two isn't one more mana than one, it's twice. and that's a huge difference. Um, I don't know if it makes the card good, but it does make it a way better source of res- way better at resource denial um, while allowing you to develop your plan. After that, it's everything you expect to see. I mean, like all the merfolk you expect, the lords, the Silvergill adepts, the a couple of subtlety just for some cheeky quick counterspells. Uh, Valdarn. The uh, I I missed this actually, the Valdarn hex catcher, which duh, of course they got that the card's new very good, the new dominaria, uh, the new dominaria lord one in a blue for a one one with flash, merfolk get plus one plus one, and you can sack a merfolk to force spike
0: a non creature spell, a
1: non creature spell which is super relevant, especially in a world where you're paying that with felum Yep. Like, well, very, very relevant. So, And the big
0: thing there is board wipes. Yeah. I will. You're going to tap out on turn four for whatever? Yeah. Cool. Uh,
1: I'll <laughs> gladly trade two merfolk to keep to yeah. the three.
0: Correct. 100%. You do yeah. that every time.
1: And on top of just... Because they're going to die anyways. And there's a lot of times where a two mana, I mean, a flashing lord, just like, one, it fucks up blocks, and two, it just, it just makes lethal, where it's like, you were going to four, now you're zero. And yep. that's... Lethal, and it's uh, got great art. Looks yeah, I know they did a really good beautiful. job on it. I think it looks wonderful. Vardar, Hex Catch Vod, not Voldaren. Vodalian, Dolan. Vodalian Hexcatcher, very good looking card from Dominaria, but dismembers Aether Vials, couple spreading seas, um, yeah, all the lands I expect, and then the sideboard nothing, nothing really special,
0: nope, stuff we've seen before. Yep,
1: third place, well third. On the list is Merktide Regent, uh, Blue-Red Delver in, in Modern.
0: This is one of the Ledger Shredder variants.
1: Yep, with Ledger. So you have, you have Dragon Rage Channeler, Ragavan, Ledger Shredder, Merktide. Uh, a couple threes in there, kind of making room for everything.
0: Yep, and then this one, like Blue-Red, typically speaking in Modern, doesn't like overhaul the deck. Like the No-Delver Delver decks do, where they're like... Trying to be more of a mid-rangey game plan, they just jam the Ledger Shredder in there yeah. and then cut a couple cards. So it's a good card. I mean, they cut it a DRC.
1: A I said I don't think it's I don't think it's amazing, but whatever. I mean, like, well, so these are they're down to like twenty bucks a piece. Like they're kind of inching their way back down. I this this feels like a ten to fifteen dollar card to me. So they're inching down there. Gotta let the
0: hype die down.
1: The hype die down a little bit, and maybe they're just better than I think. But it's definitely a good card. It's definitely a strong card. Um, after that, nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary between the main and the side no. at all, actually. Pretty basic stuff. Uh, we did fourth place already. We did Young Dingo, which actually won. Next up, we've got a three-color. What is this? It's Grand
0: Station. Underworld Breach. Yes, but it's hard to tell because it runs stupid stuff like Ragman and Ledger Shredder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw Ragman and Ledger Shredder, and then you see Teferi
1: and, and then you're I saw like, yep, to, yep. That's that was that's I'm like, what the fuck am I looking yeah. at? I <laughs> unholy heat. And Express. then you get all
0: the way to the bottom, and you're like, oh, grinding yeah. station in the next. Yeah, expressive iteration.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, uh, red white, red white blue. Jessica Jessica thank you. So yeah, Jessica grinding station and
0: Jenga,tha because why not?
1: And Jang- and Jenga,tha. But with that being said, with the with the Teferis and the Ledger shredders and the Ragavans, this mid rangey, this mid rangey Jeskai deck that has a super sweet, uh, Grape Shot Grinding Station, Underworld Breach combo finish. Um, nothing like nothing here except for just good good stuff. Yeah, like heat. Well, it's got bolts. a fairly
0: compact combo, yeah, and, and then so you
1: just they just kind of mushed it into this yep. into this sweet mid range Jeskai plan with Ragavans and shredders and Emery's Obviously, you know, in your mid range deck, one of your worst cards, except that it. Does pair with Mistress Bobble just to draw two cards a turn? I mean, and it got Luris banned.
0: One of the one of the subtler um, synergies here is Ragavan and Emery are both legendaries, and Mox Amber is turned on when you have a legendary.
1: That's a very good point that I did not think of. Yeah, you've got three Mox Amber's in part to fuel the Underworld Breach, but you also do have seven. Well, you
0: also get Teferi yeah. and then Jengatha as well. Oh yeah, in Eight. theory.
1: Well, I'm not gonna. Uh, Church and Gotha, but but it is again. We're just counting up legendaries yeah, in the main. Straight up, you do have ten legendaries. So your Mox Amber that is just a combo piece does actually become a legit, uh, am- or Mox. Well, and when it matters most, it can actually
0: happen relatively quickly too. Because you yeah. just turn one Ragavan Mox Amber. Yep. like that's yeah. not unheard of turn, at <laughs> all.
1: Yeah, Ragavan Mox Amber have bolt up. Right. Yeah, that's that's not nothing. Yeah, that absolutely is not nothing. You're right.
0: And while they're dealing with that. You're just assembling an underworld breach combo. Surprise, cool. You killed my uh, ledger shredders
1: and ragavans. Great, Uh, grinding station underworld breach. Yeah, I say I love decks that I love a deck that has a nice mid range or like a nice plan to take the fight to them, and then just if it has to, like eh, we'll fall back and just win on turn five just out of nowhere. Uh, Don't see anything in the side that's kind of exceptional for Jeskai in. Nope. In uh, modern. Next up, we got mono white hammer time. Uh, four stone, stone forge. So because absolutely nobody can be consistent. Three memnite, three ornithopter. Yep. Uh, four stone, stone, forge, four stone forge mystics to get your paradise mantle, your colossus hammer, your shadow spears, your nettle cyst, your caldric complete. Uh, this is probably one of the yeah, most. It's wo- going
0: hard into the. This the is Stoneforge
1: package. One of the most well-rounded Stoneforge packages we've seen in a while from a hammer list. Usually you see four hammer. And a Shadow Spear a lot Shadow of times. Shadow Spear.
0: Yeah. Which is just an Urza Saga target
1: like, nine with, times yeah, out of ten. No other fetch targets. And this has four, four, three other fetch targets? Yep. Yeah. the, in, the in, in fairness, I guess, the mantle is also possible, very possibly an Urza Saga target. But yeah, like cyst and are Complete to go with that Shadow Spear and that mantle. Um, past that, nothing.
0: We do have a sneaky little thing where in the lands they're running two silent clearing and then two horizon canopy, canopy. Uh, so you can produce green and black, and then you got prismatic ending in the side. So like, oh,
1: I did not. I did not see the prismatic endings in the side.
0: Yep. So technically, you can yeah. do a three or a two. The X is two for prismatic. Yeah, you're ending.
1: a mono. You are a mono white deck that can it's a it fairy with prismatic ending yeah and yeah. these
0: uh um the horizon lands are just pretty typical to be run in these kind of decks anyways because they effectively just cycle
1: yeah they're free rolls it's yeah. oh I don't need my eighth land yep you will lose a little bit of life to them sometimes there are some percentage some very small percentage points lost but I mean yeah it, they help mitigate flood and they help give you extra lands or extra colors for prismatic ending yeah did you notice the cheeky one of manatype I did. Derek yeah. is very happy wherever yep. he is. Those manatide Because someone got manatized on Sunday. No one expects it. It's like Stifle. Yep. No one. Every time I'm playing on MTGO, which I don't play on MTGO very often anymore, but every time I play on MTGO and I go to crack a fetch and they'd hold priority, I'd be like, don't you fucking dare. God <laughs> damn it, Stifle. One blue,
0: you lose. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Glad I kept the two land hand with Ponder. Yep. Yeah. Yep, cheeky manatize. I do love seeing I do love dranth magistrate. What an amazing like in a world of cascade, three dranth magistrates just solve that so well. Oh. Doesn't get force negate, you know, dodge's force negation. Um doesn't dodge a lot of the removal, but those decks aren't running that much removal Like it dodges fire nice and, and it just shuts those decks down hard.
0: Also a fun card to play in commander.
1: Uh <laughs> depend uh, if you're the one playing it, yes. Yep. <laughs> Uh, next up we have is it Prowess so of course this is the Gigantha deck because why wouldn't it be yep uh, DRC Swift Spear Soul Scar Mage Sprite Dragon love Yay. seeing Sprite Dragon that card's Sprite awesome. Dragon Sprite Dragon is horribly underplayed well
0: it was it, it saw plenty of play until you could pay two for
1: a very different dragon <laughs> <laughs> you could pay two for a one one that gets bigger or two for an 8-8 eight, eight. right
0: who could still in theory get Actually, bigger <laughs> who could still get bigger yeah it's true that's true
1: <laughs> Uh, all the, and then like the exact spells you expect to see in uh, prowess lava dart lightning bolt heat expressive iteration metamorphose light at the stage four bobbles, Uh normal lands a couple uh, like a fiery eye like that fiery eyelet little sack draw
0: yep yeah, sideboard
1: what is this invasive surgery
0: uh, we saw this uh, was it last week or th- yeah
1: yeah yes we did yeah a one blue to counter a sorcery. Which counters, I mean, there's only two of them. It, I mean, there's other things, but it counters all of your Cascade yep. payoffs. And if you happen to have Delirium, it just surgicals them. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's one mana counterspell Surgical. Shattering Spree? You don't see Shattering Spree very often. That's a good card. So one red, Destroy Target Artifact, Replicate. So I had, you know, red, 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 kill, kill, kill. And mm-hmm. when you replicate, do that, does that count as casting those spells?
0: I don't think so. Uh, I think okay. you just create copies.
1: Okay, so yeah, the, you when copy you it you cast this
0: spell, copy it each time. You right. pay so it you're not pace. getting like sweet, yeah, sweet you don't get a bunch of sprite triggers. dragon
1: triggers. But you get to dump as much mana into killing as many artifacts as you give a shit about. Uh, Unholy Heat and then you have Vapor Snag for just any pesky permanent. Oh, I'm sorry, creature, any pesky creature. And lastly, bringing it home with a quick review of another... Murktide Regent list, uh, same creature base, Ragavan, yep. DRC, Legislator, Murktide, same, same spell spells. base, same artifacts.
0: Couldn't tell you if it's the exact same sideboard, yeah, but it's but nothing we no, haven't seen pretty before close, in the sideboard. Pretty close,
1: so wrap that up pretty quick. And we've already gone through our metagame summary. So that's going to wrap up Modern this week. Definitely a little less time than Legacy, um, but... In, but we like Legacy more, so... and yeah. We we like Legacy more, <laughs> and Legacy was a lot cooler than Modern, uh, there wasn't anything really. like Murfolk was the coolest deck, and we definitely gave Murfolk its time to shine. But
0: but the flip side is the modern metagame also does just look fantastic. Yeah, it's like we're not, this yeah. particular tournament looks great. There's, we're not
1: ecstatic to talk about modern being in a good place because it's actually very consistently in a good place. And so it's <laughs> it's very normal to see just a nice, widespread uh, modern field versus you know, Legacy having a good Sunday. you know, a, a a good looking, well, bad numbers on Saturday, but a good looking top eight. Looks like it might have influenced a really good looking Sunday. Yeah. Is definitely very exciting.
0: You got a Mardu Burn list, 22nd.
1: <laughs> yeah. You got a Gen Sacrifice list, in 14th. Yeah. See,
0: see, there's all kinds of stuff happening in yeah. modern.
1: Yeah. My, my Rakdo Sack could very easily, like, I've got, I've got, a, most of this, say, for... the
0: Pioneer and Modern one are pretty similar for Jun Sack. Yeah, I just got to get those fucking Ragavans, Grist and Nixilis and yeah, Ragavans. you want to you pay the cost of almost an, almost any Pioneer deck for a playset of Ragavans? Um, no,
1: cool, didn't think so.
0: No, I do not. Although, to be fair, this sacrifice list is actually one of the cheaper modern decks.
1: Yep, at less than a thousand bucks. And that Ragavan is a fifth of it, yeah, actually more like a third of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's closer to a third. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, some really cool stuff going on in modern, and like usual, like what's it like salty agro, in sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Like there's some there's some pretty cool stuff going on, like tar- Tarmogoyf to Titania. Oh, Titania. So this is a, titan- a Titania uh, meld. Well, not not meld deck, but Titania list oh, with yeah. meld.
0: I kind of wanted to build an EDH uh, deck around that, just because like.
1: Hang on a second. Ooh. Is this what I think it is? No, they're only running one Haywire Mite. Uh, I saw Aspiring Spike ran a list. It was kind of like, Ponza-y, where it was, um, what's the there's the new necklace that turns non-lands into artifacts, mm-hmm. and then there's the one that makes anything into an artifact. Gotcha. So it was running all eight of those, a four and four, and then a bunch of like, Haywire Mites and like one mana disenchants. And just the plan just of the deck was- to Just blowing up their lands- no any anything. anything any yeah. permanent. Any uh, making anything, into anything artifact and an artifact. Anything an artifact and
0: running it. a bunch of disenchants.
1: On top of having Karn for tutor packages and just shutting shit off. Just, so
0: nice to see Goyf.
1: Yeah, and a Goyf. Or sorry, and and a playset of Goifs. Yeah. Uh there yeah. Cool stuff happening in Modern Guys, super cool stuff. But that is the end of our modern breakdown. That it, that does bring us uh, towards the end of our podcast. Uh, Matt, was there anything else you wanted to talk about today? So there's plenty of stuff in
0: theory we could talk about. Um, but I'll just the only reason I'm even going to talk about any of it at all is to say there's a bunch of drama going around on like Reddit and Twitter about like secret layers and cheating and whatnot. And like yeah. that's just not the kind of stuff we talk about.
1: Yeah, we unless but that's we,
0: basically the only thing that's happened.
1: Unless we're genuinely interested or real or it's obnoxiously large, we don't really get into yeah. drama too much.
0: The biggest thing with me is like Regardless of how you feel about the whole thing, just stop buying secret layers. Yeah. Not only are they horrible well, for your game store, they promote bad sales practices in general. Yeah. They're just flavor of the month, fear of missing out kind of crap. Yep. And the quality of them sucks so bad. <clears throat> It's risky to play him in tournaments. Very inconsistent. So stop buying Secret Layers.
1: So uh, the way and I would have is and th- completely ignoring what the guy did and what he said. I didn't see the video. I didn't I I I saw literally one of his like six part Twitter apology. I don't yeah. know shit about him. Um ev- I've seen a lot of people throwing a lot of shade being like, "Oh my gosh, Secret Layers blah blah blah." Like this is a brand new thing. It's like this has happened before.
0: This is almost every foil that's been printed in yeah. the past, like three to five years. Like this isn't a new thing, including all the secret layers. Where like
1: there's been some special foil printed, and you can't play it. This isn't a new thing. Now what? Yes, whether or not he or she, he cheated or what fuck happened, I don't know. But this whole like a car, cards are marked because they're foil. We this isn't and, new news, guys. We knew this. And this
0: is something Jake and I have talked about. Um, I like people have asked me multiple times, like, "Hey, are you ever going to build like foil elves?" No, it's all and or it's none. not. It's not a money issue. Yeah, and it's not even all or none. You could, you can, you can have all foils in your deck. The way these curl, old foils curl convex, and the other uh-huh. ones curl concave. They're, they can still be marked cards. They can still be marked. Like yep. the fact of the matter is, if you're playing in a high level tournament, don't run foils. It's just a disadvantage. Yeah. Like all, any angle shooter is going to go, huh?
1: Yeah, the top of his deck looks marked.
0: Yep. Judge, and he's not even wrong to do so because cheating is rampant in yeah. yes. high-level magic. If you
1: see in, someone it, with a curve card, playing, if we're playing for ten grand, I'm not going to assume you're cheating, but I'm not necessarily shocked if you are. Well, the biggest thing is, it's not even that;
0: it's not on. It. I am under no obligation when we're playing for money to give you the benefit
1: of the doubt. Yeah, that's true. That's if very we're true.
0: if we're playing for ten thousand dollars or yeah. five hundred dollars, I in no way. Have to assume that you're operating in yep. good faith. And so, if I see something suspicious, I call a judge, and then at that point, it's out of my hands.
1: Like, and like, do you know how often? So, like, I let my sleeves get pretty dirty because I just. Whatever. I don't know how we weren't going to talk about this, but we're talking about it. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, tangential stuff tangential. again. I don't want to cover the
0: the particular like, guy and his particular drama. So
1: I play on Monday all the time, right? And I play a shit ton. I play with. So I let my sleeves get dirty, and who cares? And like, I notice all the time. I'll go to draw a card, and I'll notice there are like dirt specks on the back. We're playing for fucking five dollars. I'm not cheating, clearly. But not to mention, I oh, lose I'm, money every I'm week. Lo- if I go three, oh, I only lose like 20 bucks. I, <laughs> right. I win 20 and put in 50. Um, but like I look at that like that is absolutely cheating. That's a marked card. Yeah. I could easily look at that and be like, oh, the two dots in the top right. That's a if you want to familiar like it's so easy to have cards be marked. It's so, so, so easy. And it happens realistically so often. Yep. And so to look over at your opponent's table and be like, is that card marked? It fucking could be. Yeah, whether it's on purpose or not, and don't even don't even confront them about it. Just raise Ask your hand judge. and go, judge. I let's like to speak to you in private. Right. Yeah. That's all it takes. You and don't it's have like, to have a confrontation. You it don't it have to It could totally them of be innocent. It could totally be like, it, let's say I just play with that deck all the time, and I happen to accidentally remember that oh, the two dots in the top right corner is the cauldron familiar. I didn't put them there on purpose, but just, yep. just, and especially a deck like this where like if he only has a handful of foils, and it's like. Oh, that card looks a little curved, you know, I, I higher. Ch- yeah. That's all it takes. You're right. There, there's, there's. You have no obligation to give your opponent the benefit of the doubt. Yep. And and there's no reason to be a dick about it. Call a judge. That's what they're there for. And be like, hey, judge, I think my opponent may have an unfair advantage because of this. And they are trained. They're literally trained to handle the situations.
0: Yep. So moral of the story, don't buy secret layers. Yep. Don't play with foils in competitive events. Yep buy new sleeves when you play in a competitive event
1: i agree on all of them
0: like and you will avoid Most almost of all of these issues yeah, pretty much all of it you will at least have made because that's the thing if bad stuff happens uh-huh but if you make a good faith effort on your part to avoid going into any of those situations you'll protect yourself to the best of your ability yep and at that point if something happens something happens at least you can go well i didn't i didn't contribute to this mess yeah. like but,
1: and that's you know Judges do little investigations, and that stuff can all feed into it where let's say hypothetically you were shuffling and you nicked a card and a judge determines that might be a marked card, but you're like, look, judge I mean i I bought brand new sleeves. I've tried like all that might feed into being like, well, you know i I give you a game loss for this one but just change it up versus right. you're kicked out of the tournament because you're cheating right. Like, that's a good way to cover your ass. Is
0: a game take, loss is a lot different than a,
1: a it DQ. Is. Take all of those precautions to try and set yourself up for the success so that if an investigation happens, there's a decent chance the judge looks at you and goes, you know, this is definitely, this was a good faith on your part to not cheat. We'll resolve this the best we can and we're not going right. to, we're not even going to do anything. Yep. So.
0: So, yeah. <clears throat> that would be, out of all that drama and whatnot, those are the yeah. three
1: takeaways in my opinion. Yep. I think they're reasonable. Very yeah. reasonable. So. Well, <clears throat> as we end our episode this week, if you would like to contact us, the easiest way would be to join our Patreon and talk to us directly in our Discord. Uh, Discord Patreon.com forward slash Cantrip Cartel. Thanks to our Patrons, Emperor, Rogue, Derek, Ashley, Eric, Wolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, and Jameson. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at cantripcartel at gmail.com. You can go and send us messages on our Facebook at Facebook or uh, Cantrip Cartel on Facebook.com. You could add us on Twitter at Facebook or uh, Cantrip Cartel at, at Twitter or at Cantrip Cartel. <laughs> guys, it's late. I'm tired. But I don't work tomorrow, so I can stay up a little later and get those done. And you can hit us up on Instagram at Cantrip Cartel. Matt, God damn, is there anything? I'm fucking forgetting.
0: Nope. I think we should cut it down to one of those plugs per week and rotate through.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Yep. Have a nice night, guys. Matt, it's been a long night. I'm not going to win the tournament anyway. I concede. Fair enough. I'm going home early. <laughs> Good deal. I just made the top eight You're, and I'm driving.
2: You're stuck. Cat. <laughs> Damn. Welcome, step on in, to the cancer cartel. Chicken mat, chatting, metagames, we we'll are slinging some spells, casting ale sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature, once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the homes are so some so scary, so legendary. Queer in rangers, grounds the sylvan libraries, where when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birchlorian mounds. Gaia's cradle, exhale, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound Allosaurus shepherds danced on dinosaurs stomping grounds Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found Through their vision styles sincerum, serum they saw only for how To convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds The masses make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic Through ancestral visions they felt compelled To draw every single card with the cantrip cartel Draw cards with the cantrip cartel Drawing cards with the cantrip Trip cartel.